And welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games Podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Brombucker. Hello. Ladies, what an exciting day. We got to see the PlayStation 5 finally and talk about The Last of Us Part 2. That's what I've been doing all day. It's a Sony Pony kind of day. Sony Pony. It's definitely a Sony Pony. I think that's like one of the more endearing fanboy, fangirl names you can give somebody because like, why is that bad? Like a Sony Pony. Like ponies are great. Ponies are great. They're majestic creatures, you know? They're a little mean, but so am I. (laughs) Adorably mean. Sony ponies. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to talk about PlayStation in just a few minutes. Hopefully you guys were joining us live at twitch.tv slash what's good games. We had a fun little watch along. Thank you to everybody who showed up in the chat and got to see Brittany grunt her face (laughs) off to Resident (laughs) Evil. Oh boy. (laughs) We will have a deep dive into that as part of our continuing coverage of the PlayStation reveal event. But before we get to that, we have a couple of announcements So we had mentioned to you guys a little while back that Brittany and I are guesting with the folks from Good Morning From Hell over on Rooster Teeth, and that episode is going live on Monday. We'll talk about it again on the Monday show, but just as a little reminder to go check that out. We'll, of course, put those links up on the social media sites. And we're teaming up with GameSpot for their summer charity stream on Tuesday, June 30th from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time. So mark your calendars. We hope that you join us over there. Again, if you want to keep in touch with everything we're doing, what's good underscore games on Twitter is the best way to get all of those links. And you may notice that I am wearing one of our new Pride shirts. It's so, so pretty. Course, Thank you. June is Pride Month, and we are excited to be teaming up once again with GLAAD, the Gay Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, to donate 100% of the profits for our Pride merch to a great cause that's helping further the voice of the LGBTQ plus community in the world of video games. And you can find all of that information and all of the merch at whatsgoodgames.com slash store. Thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Chewie Scottson, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Ate, Mohammed Mohammed, Marcus Brown, Punctified, and Malay Bittner. And welcome to our Patreon community, Khan Blue Bay, Joe Wilson, David Rackley, Bustown Brian, Sophia Allen, Sean Blake, Oni Omogreggy? Good enough. Omogreggy? Uh, Andy T, Anthony Goody, and Andrew. And Brittany, we have a few new podcast reviewers. We do. We have Relaxative. I get it. Big Willie Style 84. <laughs> Me 1231205. Gorgeous Planet Slyclone. And Bizerk 2003. We did get, ladies, one one star review. 
But <gasps> what? But I didn't feel like I wanted to read it. I didn't want to bring any negativity to light this week. But so with that said, if you haven't left us a review on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. It really helps us out. You know, helps us break out positive. into those top 200 charts that we recently got into. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, friends. We appreciate the support. As we say every week, we know that financially supporting the show is not within everybody's means. We love that you are just here listening and enjoying the content. But if you have a few moments that you can send our way, a five-star review on your platform of choice would be much appreciated. All right, so we have a lot of news to dive into. It's going to be a hefty show today. So let's go ahead and get into it. And this week, the news is brought to you by Honey. We shop online a lot, especially now that we're all stuck at home. But did you know that you can make online shopping even better? As if online shopping could get better. It's pretty great as it is. But Honey makes it better, everybody, because Honey is the free online shopping tool that saves you money online. Honey automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart, which makes online shopping finally feel as easy as it's supposed to be. So here's how it works, everybody. You're shopping on your favorite sites, whether it be Target, Sephora, Macy's, Etsy, Lululemon, DoorDash, you name it. And when you check out, a little box pops down and says, apply coupons. You click the button, you let it run through all the codes it can find on the internet, and boom, you save money. It's literally that easy. It only takes a few seconds, and you can just watch the prices drop. So I have been talking a lot about how much money I've saved with Honey and how much I love their Honey Gold program. I once again was ordering some items. I got new backing cards for those Defenders of Video Game City pins that I'm about to ship out. And I used Honey at Vistaprint.com where I printed those cards, and boom, I saved $11 just like that. Didn't even have to do anything. It's great. I love Honey. And if you guys want to love Honey and save money as well, we have got a special deal for you. Uh, you can go to honey.com slash what's good. Excuse me, that's joinhoney.com slash what's good. Because Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. And they have... 30,000 different stores that they support online, and they're adding more every day. Plus, they've got over 100,000 five-star reviews. Brittany, don't think that we've forgotten about the somersaults. I know. I know. I have to make up for my (laughs) somersaults. Sorry. It's okay. We will hold you to it some other time. But for now, if you want to get in on the Honey movement and save money while shopping online, you got to go to joinhoney.com slash what's good. It's free to use and installs in just seconds. And not using Honey is literally passing up free money. Plus, now it's part of the PayPal family. We like PayPal. We use PayPal all the time. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash what's good. That's joinhoney.com slash what's good. And... This week's segment is also brought to you by Miro. Working remotely doesn't mean that you need to feel disconnected from your team. With Miro, you can get your work done together and collaborate wherever you are. Telecommuting, remote working, distributed teams, call it whatever you like. We're all doing it these days. But more and more teams now work from home because the pandemic is preventing us from seeing each other in person. (sighs) Collaborate better and get work done faster with the help of Miro. If you're still using an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper to brainstorm or organize your work, well, 
you might want to consider expanding your horizons. Miro lets you visualize everything you're working on all in one place. It's an online whiteboard that brings teams together anytime, anywhere, across time zones. Their infinite canvas is perfect for brainstorming, making mock-ups, organizing files, and managing complex projects. They even have templates to help you get started quickly. I know that once I show this to Rihanna, she is going to go crazy for it. You can add your docs, your spreadsheets, your sticky notes, and other important information directly to Miro so you can always have a single real-time collaboration hub. And Miro can integrate with the programs that you're already using, like Google Drive, Dropbox, Jira, Slack, and more. Oh my gosh, do I have some Jira horror stories to tell you guys sometime. You can even video chat with coworkers without ever leaving Miro. Over 5 million users worldwide trust Miro to help their teams work more efficiently, and it's everything you need to start working better together. Start collaborating for free when you sign up for an account at Miro.com slash what's good. That's M-I-R-O dot com slash what's good to sign up for a free account with unlimited team members. Miro.com slash what's good. Start collaborating for free today. All right, ladies. (sighs) Yeah. What would you like to do here? Should we just kind of run down the order that the announcements happened in the showcase today? That works for me. Sure, yeah. That makes the most sense. Some things are not as exciting as others, but... That is I true. I mean, we could talk overall our quick for, like impressions of the thing. Sure. So PlayStation had been hyping this event up. We know that they'd been running commercials for it. And so I think we all anticipated an E3-style show. And I think we got it. Oh, for sure. This that- was great. I was, yeah, I was, this is the only show so far that we've seen from any developer, any console maker, anybody, um, that actually felt like E3 to me, which was really nice because as much as I like complain about E3, I don't really complain too much, but like sometimes like it's hot or whatever. I'm an old and crotchety, but, uh, you know, the, the conferences are the best part for me and Mm -hmm. I love getting the hype out of them. And I definitely felt that today. Um, so that was really fun and exciting for me. Yeah. yeah. Brittany, what'd you think? Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, I'm still emotionally exhausted after <laughs> Resident Evil 8. So Resident Evil, Resident Evil 8, I think, was like the third to last reveal. And so the whole time I had been hopefully like, anticipating, is it going to come? Is it going to come? That's what she said. And my heart was like beating <laughs> so fast, that whole fucking stream, that by the time it came, <laughs> since... <laughs> I, oh, dear. I screamed. It was fantastic. And then Horizon Zero Dawn came after that. And now I'm still, I feel like I could just fall asleep right now. I mean, it was exciting. And I feel like a lot of the games that we saw, and not to mention, we got actual gameplay, which was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I think every, everything shown had gameplay, question mark, or at least most, at least, at least. Well, it depends, like, how do you classify gameplay, gameplay? It's like, does that have to have a HUD on it? Can it just be like... In- no, I don't think it needs... It just needs to look like you can be moving the stick around. Like, I feel like it's fairly easy to tell if something is a cutscene versus... Yeah. There were a couple cinematic moments, particularly for some of the new IPs or the smaller games, but yeah. we saw a lot of well, gameplay, true. which yeah. was great. And what I like about the way that PlayStation handled their presentation was that they didn't set up expectations for what we were going to see. And I think that that's smart. And PlayStation has been running their E3-style conferences now... For the last like four or five years, really well. And they feel like they're edited really well together. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of fluff in the middle or that they labor too long on one particular game, which can sometimes be 
you know, a downfall of some EA of the Madden. other conferences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's tough because, like, I have had the privilege of working with teams on these style of events, obviously hosted EA Play specifically, but also worked on some smaller style events as well. And I know just how hard it is for those teams to manage all of the different voices across these publishers who are like, my game is important. I want the most amount of minutes I can get for my game. And it's a balance, right? And it's a really tough balance. And so I think that they really knocked it out of the park. And I'm really glad that we finally got to see the box. I know. We weren't sure for a while there. We thought we were just going to get the sacred symbols over and over and over again. But there it was. (laughs) Yes. But no, after the symbols came the box. (laughs) I don't know why, though. I mean, I like the box, but why didn't they show any quick shots of it laying horizontally? You know, that's so just they what it did. Seemed. So they did, but you had blink and you miss it. Oh, that's how how fast it was. Um, I think my friend, I tweeted my friend Ray Carcillo, friend of the show. Um, he said, "Let's see." His exact tweet from Ray Carcillo was, yes, it lays down. They could have held this shot for more than 20 frames and saved themselves a headache. Dang. So I mean, 20 I frames whiskey. is like a blink of an eye. Yeah. <laughs> so I obviously tweeted or after the event, I was like, I think it's interesting that these, like, this is apparently the time for vertical consoles. And everyone's like, it lays horizontally. I'm like, yes, I know it can lay horizontally. Just like the Xbox can theoretically lay horizontally. But I found it interesting that both manufacturers chose to primarily show the boxes vertically. I'm like, that was a style choice for both of them. It's called peacocking. Which means that when they designed it, they both thought that that was the way it would go in your living room. Right? Like, if you, if you are presenting a marketing image to the consumer, that's how you want them to then take that thing and use it. That's I, so- Yeah, no, I thought, it, building off of that, I saw some chatter online about how that style of marketing is mimicking the way that people think about their PC tower. Now, if you think about the last generation for both PlayStation and Xbox, both of them at the beginning of the generation when they were unveiling their systems put a giant emphasis on media and having it be a system that you can watch living room right like you can watch your netflix on you can watch your youtube you can put your dvds in right like that was like a thing that was a big uh emphasis particularly for xbox at the beginning of the last generation and now we're moving away from that and going back towards just raw hardware performance and game performance focusing more on the games because they know that people are watching media across a variety of devices today with all of the smart devices that exist in people's homes and i think it's an interesting idea how they've kind of transitioned the market potentially to appeal to people that might look at it as a substitute for buying a new PC. Yeah, I think of the two of them, as we've mm-hmm. we've discussed a little bit offline, was like the Xbox just looks straight up like it could just be a PC tower. Like it's just mm-hmm. kind of boring. It is very minimalistic. Whereas the PlayStation people made fun of that it looks like a router. It looks like X <laughs> insert X random hardware thing here. And sure, but at least it does have stylistic choice to it, whereas the Xbox just felt a little bit more like if you were, if you weren't sure, you could mistake it for a mini PC or a mini fridge. I saw that <laughs> going around. <laughs> so somebody, a mini, really mini fridge. That's somebody just, mocked up the Xbox logos on this little black fridge that looks almost identical. To it's that. a skincare <laughs> fridge. That's where Xbox needs to go into. Some masks <laughs> for gamers. Let's go. 
I thought it was funny. So this is clearly very polarizing, the design of this box. I love it. I think it's awesome. I love that it's got personality. I like that it's got curves and little wings. And I like the the white and the black together with like the little blue accent. I am all for this. But I absolutely understand why some people would go, ew, gross, I don't want. But here, I think that's interesting, though, because I think that that means that they did a good job. If you have, If you react to it at all, positive or negative... The designer did their job. I mean, I don't want people like, to look at me and be like, ew, gross. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but if, like, when you think about the Xbox, I feel like the worst, you're just like, it's there. There's not a whole lot to critique about it because it is literally just a black box. Yeah. Yes. And I thought, I'm not trying to talk shit about Xbox. I'm just saying like the difference between them I find interesting. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a simple woman. I think it's a cool design. I don't have a console like it or anything. It looks like it. As long as it plays the games, I really don't give two shits what it looks like. But it's different. It's like Jetson's yeah. like. And I like the controller too. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an attractive like package. Like. It is Jetson's like. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we know that this is just the day one edition. There will be many, many different colors of these consoles down the line. And there'll be weird rejiggerings of everything, you know, in a couple of years from now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. But I like that it feels like it has potential to have really cool custom designs. Whereas with the Xbox Series X, it's literally just going to be like a wrapper skin around the outside of the box. And so there's really not so much. <laughs> but it you could can be do. cool if they had it. I mean, I don't know how they built it inside. So maybe it wouldn't look cool, but if they have any that are semi translucent, similar to what they did with the gears of war Xbox, but like they have a little bit of parts where you can kind of see through, but then not, they could do some cool skins on that, but yes, it is always going to be just like a rectangle. Yeah. Uh, what do we think about Sony coming out guns blazing with the all digital edition i mean i'm fine with it but they didn't announce prices so i feel like that i feel like that's a gamescom pr beat but right? i just felt like it, it took a little bit of the wind out of the sails because you're like oh there's two but like what what's what's the difference going to be and also what is the skew exactly like all i know is it just doesn't have a drive yeah so we don't yeah. have a lot of the tech specs i don't think I'll i'm do looking right now and no it, all it says is like it doesn't have a disc drive uh-huh. yeah like, there's just not. no disc drive so it's just it's yeah ps5 and then there's ps5 digital it's just missing it's a little bit digital. of that curve on the side where the disc drive is is it's just a little yeah, so it's a little the, thinner the skinny and the fat the fat edition yeah i mean you know it's not <laughs> i mean it's not quite it's not quite the ps3 fatty days of old oh my those that was a oh big boy. that's a big chunker right there yeah i mean yeah. it's not super surprising to see this i know there have been some discussions some people are adamant that Sony would not go discless and that I was kind of, well, whatever. It's sign of the times. It, it makes sense to me. And as we were chatting on stream, I'm kind of contemplating getting the digital edition because I can't remember the last time I put a disc inside any of my consoles. I think it was when, like Steimer was saying, when we got our review copies of the Xbox One X, right? Yeah. And it came with a 4K Earth DVD Blu-ray. Yeah. I was like, Planet oh, try this yeah. out. And that was it. Yep. And in fact, uh, yeah, I, had, I don't think I've taken it out since then. Yeah, it might still be in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have made the running joke on the show that my Rainbow Six Siege disc is, has been primarily the thing that is in my disc drive as well. But I recently watched the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition Blu-ray. And I have uh, several Blu-rays, including 4K Blu-rays. And so I was glad to see that Sony is bringing the 4K Blu-ray player back in for PS5 because that was notoriously missing from PS4. Could play Blu-rays, but not 4K ones. That was an Xbox um, big win when it came to the disc drive there. I think that it's too early to get rid of 
the disc drive. Oh, totally. That yeah. Blu- that Blu-ray player means a lot to people. It means a lot to other people for yeah. sure. For me, it's it's time. But yeah, I can definitely see how some people have not quite you know jumped on board that chip yet and i don't blame them at all yeah. yeah but i think it's smart of them to offer this as a skew to get in there at a cheaper price point they can definitely shave a substantial amount of money off the msrp i think we all have concerns about but how big is the internal storage obviously there are plenty of external storage options you can get but knowing how expensive it is to just get into the ecosystem i always don't like to see them kind of cheap out on internal storage i would like to them to have at least two terabytes but i'm guessing one terabyte is going to be the standard i hope and not let's say for most gamers who are playing maybe a handful of games a year like two or three games a year that's probably fine they probably don't need that but i have to constantly delete things from my primary ps4 because we installed an ssd on a different ps4 that's no longer the right one and with moving back and forth in the studio is just not realistic and i know that my situation is very Unique. Unique is the word, yes. Um, <laughs> and very, like, few people have to, have to worry about that as an issue. But I think we all are worried about the ever-creeping file size of these games. I mean, there's a lot of games that are over 100 gigabytes, like, without breaking a sweat. That's a lot. Yeah. And like I was yeah. saying earlier, if you have games as a service, you have to constantly, you know, you, you keep those downloaded on your system. So if a big Whopper does come updates. along, like 100 mm-hmm. plus gig, big boy Final Fantasy VII, I mean, there you go. That's like mm-hmm. 20% of your one terabyte hard space right there. Look at me doing math. Oh, oh my God. Look yeah. at you. That was sexy. I liked it. I love it. Thanks. So I am excited to see more and to hear more. I definitely think that it's going to be competitively priced, but we'll obviously not find out more about that until later in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about some games, unless you have any other thoughts about the hardware you would like to discuss. No, I think the, think the design choices are cool. I like the controller look of it. Although it does, like, it reminds me of a boomerang, which I think is fun. Um <laughs> And I think, yeah, and then they just fucking killed it with a lot of the games, which we'll now discuss. Yeah. Didn't yeah. quite open on a strong note. I'll give it yeah. that. Yeah, Theft Auto. The opening of Rockstar, and then you're like, baited. All right. Never <laughs> <laughs> mind. It's just Grand Theft Auto again. Well, we knew that we weren't going to see anything from I GTA 6 know, yet. but still, I'm like, why are you even? Okay, fine. And they'll give you like a million dollars from now until the thing launches, and you're like, is that a lot? And then someone in chat was like, no, the cars cost oh, What's that other online Rock- cash? Yeah. What's that other Rockstar game that people are always asking for? Bully? Is bully. That- yeah. I was like, maybe we're going to yeah. get a bully. But no. But no. I mean, that I wasn't no a surprise. No bully because- for you. <laughs> it's like, oh, everyone yeah. on PS5 gets Grand Theft Auto Five. Well, of course, because that's going to make you so much fucking money, man. Yeah. It's- <laughs> that was kind of an LOL moment. In my mind, PlayStation clearly had a marketing handshake deal or on on paper deal would be actually probably what yeah, it was. Yeah, like there's definitely uh, they had a deal involved. together to make to do some kind of big announcement. And then when E3 and the whole idea of state of play around E3, you know, got shifted, I'm sure they were trying to figure out, well, what can we do? What can we say? And maybe they have something else happening later in the world of Rockstar, but I think them saying, "Oh, we're going to bring GTA Online for free." in 2021 to ps5 is like not a newsworthy announcement it's like you should do that you shouldn't charge people to play your game you should let them bring gta 5 to the new consoles for free because you know you're making money from the in-game currency anyway so much money like i'm not gonna give you a pat on the back rockstar for doing the thing that you should do but cool (laughs) 
I was really hoping they would also confirm that they would be bringing Red Dead Redemption 2 mm-hmm. online. Red Dead Online to PS5. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that wasn't like a dual announcement. It feels like that's 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 a tee up. Rut row. Yeah. So, probably something to do with the popularity of that game. Obviously. But I, I haven't heard anything about that in a while. I wonder how it's doing. Yeah, I haven't either. They yeah. did a big update in uh, May. was the last time I remember hearing about it. But as far as I'm aware, Rockstar's still supporting it. And mm-hmm. they have lots of post-launch plans for it. And even though it's l- clearly not as robust as GTA, never has been and never will be, it's still worth supporting, I imagine, that there's still people paying money for things and Rockstar's still profiting and still supporting. Anywho, that was kind of like a little whimper at the beginning, but they then came roaring back in with Spider-Man. Yes. So this is called... Is it Spider-Man Miles Morales? Like, is that is that actually the title of the game? Um, the yes. S- Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. That is a mouthful. Say oh. that five times fast. <laughs> Marvel Spider-Man <laughs> Miles Morales. Marvel Spider-Man was... Well, you got like two and a half times. That was pretty good. <laughs> you did pretty good. <laughs> So this is a PS4 exclusive, of course, since Spider- Spider-Man was a PS4 exclusive. I also like Spider-Man. Who just I like Spider-Man, too. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Eats all the pie just like a kid. <laughs> Straight out of the can. So ju- to be clear, I didn't mean that book, but... Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales was a PS4 exclusive. Obviously, it's not. It's a PS5 yes. game. But yes. it is, of course, the sequel exclusive. to... PS4 is exclusive. And its release date is set for holiday 2020, which I think is incredibly exciting. So this is going to definitely be the launch game for PS5 that is going to drive hardware sales. Yeah, I'm stoked because I always thought Miles has like, he's kind of cooler powers, honestly, than mm-hmm. OG Peter Parker. Um, so wait, yes. Okay, God, my brain was like, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. That's his name. <laughs> I had a, had a it's moment. been a day. Every it's, been a, yeah. it's been a very long day of talking. So sometimes you're like, am I still here? Do I exist? Okay, I have a question um, since you yeah. know more about this than I do. So I uh-huh. hopped into Spider-Man PS4, not really being a big Spider-Man fan, loved the game, sure. thought it was great. What should I be excited about, about Miles Morales with the Spider-Man game? I know, obviously, I mean, I think, you know nothing about the game, but, like, what is he like as a character? I don't know, obviously, much about this, the game or the story or what they're going to tell with this with Miles. Um, but even just based on some of the... Like, did you not watch Into the Spider-Verse? Nah. Oh, Brittany. <gasps> oh, I know. it's so good. It's so Miles shame. just has a slightly more interesting background. Um, but then he... His powers, like, he has electricity, um, and he can go invisible. So, like, he has a little... He has, like, the original powers, and then he also has um, a couple of extra goodies because he was bitten by a different spider from, like, the same lab as huh? theoretically what kind of you're going for there. Um, but... And also, like, his suits tend to be a lot more fun and vibrant. Um, the logo, at least, again, from, like, the movie, like, was him, like, spray painting it on, and so it just has a little bit more of a... Um, less polished look which i really liked um so i'm curious to see a lot of the costumes like they could have a lot of fun with the suits in this one again i've already mentioned his powers are a little different than your average average spider-man um so they can have a lot of fun playing with those as well especially if we get the puddles like we wanted can you now elect two <laughs> oh, people God, with your hands? i forgot about puddle gate Ooh, yes, yes. puddle gate <laughs> I highly recommend, Brittany, that you carve some time out this weekend to watch Into the Spider-Verse. It's so it good. It is such an amazing movie. It won a bunch of awards for animation and writing and voice acting. And it's arguably the best Spider-Man movie? 
question mark? And the music is incredible. Yeah. The like, soundtrack I, I listen to on repeat all the time. It's great. Okay. Yes. Noted. So you, you would actually, I think, enjoy the movie. So okay. you should watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then you can get hype for for yeah, this and then game. you can get hype for Miles Morales. Okay. I love I love that Insomniac can put more resources towards this now that they are a Sony first party studio, and that I think that this game is going to crush it if the PS4 Spider Man game is any indication about how it's going to go. So out the gate, they've got an amazing exclusive that they have in the holiday launch window. So that's exciting. Yeah. And then continuing on, we have got another Insomniac title. Uh, oh yeah. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was announced. So the gameplay for this looked great. They showed a healthy chunk of gameplay mm-hmm. for the brand new entry into the Ratchet and Clank series. So over at IGN that they write that they showed what appeared to be gameplay of the heroes jumping through portals to other dimensions before being split apart. Insomniac Games said that players will be able to jump from planet to planet almost instantly and are also implementing ray trace reflection on Clank's head. Oh, oh little Clank oh, oh, so Ray tracing for Clank. Yeah. There was also, obviously, they, they uh, I don't know why it doesn't mention it there, but they teased like another, I don't, actually, what is he? What the is character? his species? What is Ratchet's species? A cat. I have no idea. But basically, like an alternate dimension. I thought it was meant know. to be an alternate dimension version of Ratchet. I don't entirely know if that's what it is, but that's what it seemed like it was hinting at. Um, but mm. I called it Snow Fox Ratchet because the character is like a, a little bit more gray, um, whitish grayish. Lighter color than Ratchet. It's a fictional species from the Ratchet and Clank video game series. There you go. We found another one of those. Anthropomorphic. Basically. Anthropomorphic cat. Yes. <laughs> so there was another of that in this trailer. Don't exactly know what it means, but it's there. Yes. Yeah. So Insomniac coming out strong at the top of the show. And now I don't have the exact order that we watch them in because these recaps that I'm looking at um, are kind of going out of order. But I, I think feel like after that was Gran Turismo. Uh, gr- yeah, from Polyphony. So mm-hmm. that might have been the next one. So let's talk about GT. So Gran Turismo was part of our prediction that we would see. And I think all of us were like, ooh, shiny, shiny cars. cars. But clearly, as you guys are That's aware. That's about the extent of it. You yeah. know that we're not simulation racing players here at Aficionados. Aficionados, that's to say the least. <laughs> so we don't really have too much to say about it, but no release date was given for when we're going to see GT7. And knowing how Polyphony they take has, a while. has had delays, several delays, I remember vividly doing so many stories about GT5 being delayed. So did I. Oh, I mean, yeah. it just, I was, because I went, that was my T, my only TGS. And I did like a, a show, a show. I did a video on the show floor um, for IGN. And one of the things was like, oh, finally it's whatever it was a joke about it being delayed for like a million years yep things get delayed happens it's the way the cookie crumbles mm, cookies um i'm <laughs> going to pull up actually our eight ball um prediction so we can check those at the end of all of this uh brit you want to take the next announcement yeah is it the are we make sure project athea is that the one we're all looking at here athea oh right sure. okay cool so this is interesting so this was or is Luminous Productions' next game, Square Enix, obviously. So the thing with Luminous Productions is Hajime Tabata was working and a whole bunch of people on Final Fantasy 15, all that DLC that got scrapped, I think it was like 2018-ish. 
Tabata left Loomis Productions, and then all that Final Fantasy stuff was scrapped, and we didn't know what they had been working on since then. Turns out it's this Project Athea game, and it looks real pretty. I don't really know too much about it, but I'm going to read this little, like blurb here if i can find it and interesting fact gary witta i think is the he led the writing team on this yeah he did. yes he announced that said. yeah yeah also my website has frozen so i'm unable oh, to read beautiful anything. it did look here very interesting oh there you got it yeah yeah, yeah. Rip, so this is not much is known about the game as only a very short glimpse was shown but it featured a robed woman leaping around the wilderness and even controlling the wildlife she takes on many different monsters from wolf-like creatures to floating tentacle bearing eyeball beasts all while being surrounded by beautiful scenery it's a little hard to get an impression of what the plot is but the visuals are so astounding it almost doesn't matter and no release date at this point yeah this was an when this popped up i was really curious about it. I mean, obviously because of the stupid reason that there's a cape, but um, just because I visually felt it looked very interesting and different than a lot of the stuff you see. I actually felt that way about most of the games during the showcase. I liked that they all felt very distinct um, and that you could kind of walk away from this feeling like no matter what kind of gamer you are, there was something in there that could excite you uh, ranging from, obviously we'll talk about all these, but like, if you are like the hardcore racing guy and you're really excited about Gran Turismo, great. They showed you some of that. If you're more of like a family person and you want something for your kids, there was like a little big planet thing, although it's not called that. Uh, Sackboy Adventure. A big or something. adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they have really interesting sort Cat of games tidbits like, like this. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a whole variety of stuff here, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Stray, which is really cute. This was teased, and at first I was like, if this is a game where you get to play as a freaking cat, because it opens up, right, and you're kind of in this futuristic neon-lit city, and there's all the people are robots. Like, they have... It's, so, yeah, it's just, there's a bunch of robots, and then you just see on the back wall, it says R.I.P. humans, and that's how you get the understanding that, that there sh- are no humans left. Shit hit the fan. So, according to Polygon, Stray is a beautiful new game headed to PS5. It puts players in the role of a clever cat lost in a world where humanity has been wiped away, leaving nothing but robots behind. Developed by Blue 12, the game began as a two-person effort called HK Project in 2015 and being published by Annapurna. It's a third-person cat adventure game set amidst the detailed neon-lit alleys of a decaying cyber city in the murky environments of seedy underbelly. Players will play as a stray cat roaming surroundings high and low, defending against unforeseen threats and solve the mysteries of this unwelcoming place inhabited by nothing but unassuming droids and dangerous creatures into it i mean can you get much better than that i don't know i don't know either i mean yeah when we were watching i was like wait can you play as the cat are you playing the cat you're probably not playing the cat oh my god you're playing the cat it was just i know i was like oh my god you play it was a roller coaster it was good and then he has a little cute neon well not neon little backpack on him yeah, I was like, oh my god, he has a little messenger bag. How adorable is this? Yeah, something new. That's really cute. There was some more adorable. What was the uh, the other game with the little the girl who had like the little black fuzzies running around? Oh her? yeah, that um, was. It's not like no. Madam. No. Let's see. Returnal. No. You sure? Yeah. It was. A, it had a key. It was like Kina or something. Oh thing. yeah, Kina. Oh it yeah, was... Kina. Bridge of Spirits. Yes. There we go. Kina. Bridge of Spirits looks so adorable, but also just cool because um, you play as this younger woman and you have like a posse of 
spirits or something unclear um, called the rot a team of tiny spirit panions called the rot the rot must enhance their abilities find new ways to allow them to manipulate the environment kina is a story-driven action adventure game that tax players is finding a growing team of tiny spirits yeah yeah apparently they're called the rot but don't oh, well. let the name fool you they they're are real cute. adorable <laughs> Um, and this game looks really interesting to me, too. I really dig the art style. Someone in chat yeah. said it was Horizon Zero Dawn for children, which is great. We know nothing about it. That's probably not correct. But I did get some Horizon and Zelda vibes from it. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I'm so into it. I'm loving it. That was one of the more, That one and Project Athea, I think, were the two of the more interesting, unheard of games before this that I was really interested in. Then there was Returnal. Which I thought was kind of interesting. It's the latest game from House Marky, the company that made a big House splash Mark- with Resogun at the launch of PS4. It's a game that seems about a pilot who has to fight for survival, changing in some way every time she dies. Very groundhoggy with guns. Groundhog. Ground. There were two hog. groundhoggy games with guns. With guns during this presentation. Yeah, so each time she dies, she resurrects, somehow change. Players will need to fight through this alien world, evolving as they go. It's a third-person shooter with sci-fi weapons and mysterious alien enemies. Yeah, Housemark's known for their shooters. Usually, I always thought they were kind of more isometric, but um, I think it's interesting that they're hopping into third-person. And I'm curious to see what their storytelling will be like, because with Resogun, you obviously just like you're picking people up and shooting people around and like... There was a lot going on there, um, but the trailer of this was intriguing just in the sense of the way that they structured it. I think the cinematic was very strong in that sense. Mm. It looks like they were working on a Battle Royale game called Storm Divers back in, oh, I don't know back when, but it looks like they back had an the unannounced day. partner at the time and they put it all on hold and now we know why. Makes sense. Yeah. That's cool. Well, well they, I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years back when they made that a blog post talking about arcade is dead after they had some kind of lackluster arcade sale. Arcade shooters. That's what they're called. Yeah. I was like, the the word, the term was escaping me. So it's interesting to see that this art style is a real departure from some of the stuff that they have done previously, but I'm interested to see more. They typically make pretty cool games, but it still wasn't the thing that was the most exciting for me from this press conference. Um, but before we get to my most exciting, my most exciting. Do we thing, want to talk about the other loop game? Uh, sure. From one loop game to the next loop game. Uh, yeah. Death loop. Death loop. Yeah. We, let me pull up Bethesda's press release. So they sent me a press release today. So when we saw these two games, we instantly remembered that they were from Bethesda's press conference at E3 last year. So we saw Death Loop, and then we saw Ghostwire Tokyo, which we'll talk about in just a second. Um, we actually saw Ghostwire first. So Death Loop, of course, is from Arcane, um, famously Arcane the creators Leon. of uh, Dishonored, the Dishonored franchise. And yes, Arcane has a couple of different teams. So, but Arcane Leon is the studio behind the Dishonored franchise. So Death Loop, according to the press release, as cult players are trapped in a time loop on the enigmatic island of Black Reef, doomed to repaint the same day for eternity. The only chance to escape is to break the loop by assassinating eight key targets before the day resets. However, lurking in the shadows is rival assassin Juliana, equipped with her own equally powerful abilities and weapons on a mission to protect the loop by assassinating cult and restarting the cycle. Death Loop is launching holiday 2020, and according to the press release, 
Both Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo will release exclusively for console on PlayStation 5, Ooh, which is a wowza. Is I a was wowzer. not ready for that announcement. I just assumed that these would be coming to Xbox Series X in addition. And clearly that means they're coming to PC as well as PS5. But I, yeah, I, I'm kind of a little flabbergasted yeah. about that as a choice from Bethesda. Money. They're money, clearly, money. they're like, well, we'll bet on that horse. Yeah. <laughs> Based on this past generation, I guess I don't blame them, no. but um, still a sad miss for Xbox for sure. sure. Yeah. They need all the third party help. Well, especially for a game like Ghostwire Tokyo, which I know is highly anticipated from a lot of fans who are like, yo, I want to see what Tango Gameworks is doing next. So uh, speaking of Ghostwire Tokyo from Shinji Mikami and Tango Gameworks comes Ghostwire Tokyo, a next-gen action-adventure game coming exclusively to PlayStation 5 and PC in 2021. Investigate the streams of Tokyo beset by spirits and supernatural threats with an arsenal of powerful tech and elements mental abilities at your command. Tango has taken the full advantage of the power of the PS5's next-gen hardware to create immersive and mysterious worlds to explore. But what about the ray tracing? Does it have ray tracing? (laughs) I'm sure. sure. (laughs) Ray tracing. But is there ray tracing on the character's head? Because that's the most important part. This game looks perfect for me. Lay it on us. No, it just looks so perfect for me. There's creepy, bodiless... I don't know what they are, but they're wearing like school children outfits. There's Slender Man looking dude with umbrellas. There's creepy ass long hair shit. I don't know. All I know is there are evil spirits and it is set in Tokyo. And that is 100% my jam. And I'm very excited. So remember last year, Sam, I think you and I, because I think Andrea, you had to leave the Bethesda press conference because you weren't feeling well. But yes, Ikumi Nakamura is her name. Remember how she just stole oh, the yeah. hearts of everyone on she stage? She was the best. Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately, she's no longer at Tango. But um, oh, she, le- no. she, yeah, she left in September, I think, of last year. And I'm Someone sad. scooped her up. Someone said, we will pay you more to be cute on our team instead. I know. I hope so. I don't know why she left. But anyway, yeah. I forget what she was. Was she the art? What was she? What was her role? I forget. Cr- Do you remember? D- creative director? Was she creative director? No, I think I think Mikami is the creative director. I think, hold on, let's look. Okay, da, da, here's an article. Former Tango Gameworks creative director Ikumi Nakamura. Oh, she is. Yeah. Yeah, go on oh, through your badass self, girl. Anywho. Go go make some other weird shit that Brittany will love because she, I mean, this is, yeah. I could not think of a game that is more you than this. I mean, there is one. Well, there is one and we'll get to it in a minute. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like for new IP. I oh, mean. yeah. No, this is, this is great. I mean, Tango, I know a lot of fan, people are fans of the Evil Within, Evil Within 2. So it's, yeah, it's they're going to be bummed out. I guess they can only get it on PS5. But, you know, you got to get a console for it. Yeah. I mean, that to me has been so far the first big third party exclusive that we've heard for next gen, right? I don't think Xbox has announced like something that's exclusive for Series X that's third-party, have they? My memory is really bad. Uh, oh, I feel to like the internet n- machine. Nothing of this scale, because I feel like we would be comparing it right about now. Yeah, so I'll take a look in my notes and see if I can find something, but let's continue on. There's more games to discuss. So one of the fun games that we all were really digging the art style of is called Destruction All-Stars. So this is a PvP Destruction Derby game from developer Lucid Games. Didn't really get too much details about it, but I was really loving the way that it looked, and I'm intrigued to see more. It was kind of a... It was like... yeah, like a race, like you race in your cars around a track, sort of like a, on a, like a Rocket League style field, but not. 
um, because you're kind of derbying and crashing your cars, but you can also get out of the cars and just straight up kick people or so like good. punch them. So like, it seemed, I'm like, okay, this is wacky, but interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, show me more. And the, yeah, the style of the characters, the, the character design was really fun. And like, I was like, oh yeah, I want that jacket. <laughs> like I want, just let's, can you make these clothes real? Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, I realize now that we're going out of order. And oh, I no, apo- we've been out of order. <laughs> I apologize fine. to everybody. Oh, yeah. um, but I was excited to see Hitman 3 from yeah. IO Interactive coming January 2021 for PS5 and presumably other places. So this looks great. I was really happy with the reboot and what they did with Hitman and how they brought it back to life. And they, you know, experimented with episodes and then kind of walked that back. And we don't really quite know how they're going to handle Hitman three, but hopefully they are going to do some cool stuff. So yeah, this one, they didn't show a lot of, this was more just cinematic. Yeah. True. Oh, it looks like you can carry your locations and their progress from Hitman two into Hitman three. Ooh, that's exciting. Nice. Yeah, yeah players who own Hitman and Hitman 2 can play the entire series inside Hitman 3. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Good job, friends. More content to play on the new system. And then we saw another look at Godfall, which was revealed at the Game Awards last fall. So this was the thir- like really the first big third-party game that we heard about for PlayStation 5 from Gearbox. So we got to see a little bit more about this melee action game godfall i have to admit i'm still a little bit confused about what the gameplay is in this game it looks like you just talk smash but i don't know why necessarily <laughs> i mean that's fair like i don't like i'm just like are you do you just do you just run around and swing your sword i feel like you might just run around and swing your sword and there's nothing wrong with that but it is a little bit uh i don't know yeah, no, I'm three, with you. One I'm dimensional, so, I suppose, it's so a far. Three player co op action RPG. Ah, okay, yeah. So it's just hack smash. I mean, that's that, fine. it looks real pretty. And I mean, I'm yeah. all about face tanking and smacking shit in medieval settings. This is so. also a perfect Britney game. Cause, yeah. yeah, she's she's the one who's just like, Ooh. I run it, I smash sword, I good. I gold. Ac- yeah, according to Gearbox, they're calling it a looter slasher melee action RPG. Oh, oh, say she no more. She likes that. Those are all her keywords. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. If first of its kind. You forgot that party injury, the buzzword. Oh, a first oh, of its kind. First of its kind. <laughs> sure. We'll be the judge of that. <laughs> um, continuing on, we've got what we mentioned earlier, Pragmata from Capcom. This was also creepy. Yeah, so this was a, one of those another one of those titles that I was kind of having trouble following what was going on. Um, it's so according to IGN, it's a mysterious new Capcom game. It offered little in the way of concrete evidence of what the game will be, but we saw an astronaut, a little girl, a shattering sky, and they fought a satellite and landed on the moon? Question mark. I mean, the little girl, to be clear, is not a little girl. She's a little robot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't take people into space. They explode. That's correct. <laughs> It's, they die. This is for a die gamer. It's not the most enlightening trailer in the world. And little wonder the game isn't launching until 2022. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was one of the lo- the farthest out we saw was 2022. And this is one of them. A breathtaking and immersive sci-fi setting like never before. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. dun! But, yeah, like a satellite just crashes through. I was like, is this the Truman Show? Why is there a satellite? The way it fell through was interesting. And then when they like just floated up into space and I was like... Did I just drop peyote and not know it? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's the only thing I can think of. What is that? Huh. I don't know. Something very loud is happening. It's like a garbage disposal. 
Maybe. I don't hear anything. Oh, yeah. It's, no. It's probably that's, what it that's was. That's definitely louder than I anticipated. <laughs> um, Astro's Playroom looks adorable. Yeah, yes. excited about this. Yeah, so according to the PlayStation blog post, you can explore four worlds, each based on the PS5 console components, which I think is really neat. Each area showcases innovative gameplay that taps into the new features of the PS5's DualSense wireless controller. So when they revealed the PlayStation 4... The playroom was a tech demo for how the light bar would work on the new touchpad with the the DualSense, or excuse me, with the DualShock 4 controller with the PlayStation Eye camera, right? And they obviously went on to make Astrobot Rescue Mission for PlayStation VR. But these little guys were so fun at at that tech demo, and I love showing people the playroom on PlayStation because it's so family-friendly and it's great for little kids to be able to play with the controller and to kind of hang out with these little robots. So I think that it's great that they're sticking with them and that they're doing another game with them, and I will definitely play because cute games are cute. We all need some cute games right now. Yeah. Do we want to go to the cutest game? It's not the cutest. The weirdest game? Yes. The fucking weirdest game of all. Bug Snacks! Oh, yes, from Young Horses. Yeah. What's the name of it? Bug Snacks. Bug Snacks. So Young oh, Horses yeah. is the oh, team yeah. that you may remember made a little game called Octodad mm-hmm. that blew up, and that team decided they wanted to make another game, and they have been quietly working on this for quite some time. And I remember talking to... Um, P-Tips about it, um, one of the co-founders of Young Horses, and when we originally talked about it, he kind of pitched me the idea of what the game was, and I was like, dude, this sounds amazing. And so this started out with the little strawberries, mm-hmm. and then this, what is that, like a beaver? That's a walrus, a my walrus? dear. Hard to tell. It's standing <laughs> Not hard to tell. That's a walrus. A hat, okay? It's 100% a walrus. It's got a bushy Beavers mustache. have tusks, too. <laughs> Listen, Brittany. (laughs) So yeah, the walrus eats a strawberry, and then his arm turns into a couple of strawberries, and it's weird. And then Simon is like, "You are what you eat." Yes, I mean that. If that's not the tagline of this, I don't know why, because it should be. Because literally, the more you eat of the other stuff, the more it changes your character. Then they had a little weird like jingle song to it that I don't remember how it goes, but there was definitely a, a jingle in this, which I thought was funny. Bug Snacks. Okay, I'm reading. Uh, it also has a very satisfying name to say. Bug Snacks. Bug Snacks. I thought someone said this game was kickstarted. It must not. It must have been a different one. I thought this there game was, was not kickstarted. There was one yeah. in chat. Someone said it was in Kickstarter in 2015, but obviously it wasn't this one. But it looks like the island is filled with a hundred different species of creatures, and you'll be able to capture and collect each one. They also feature different biomes. You'll be able to customize your favorite ones. You'll learn more about the origins of the island and the creatures that live there. Huzzah. Huzzah. It's fucking weird, but I'm into it. I'm into it. I have to say the strawberries with the googly eyes kind of get me, though. It's a little... Uh... And the way he just, like, popped them in his mouth, I was like, oh, no, they're definitely still alive. This is like some Little Mermaid flashbacks when Ursula just eats the shrimp, and they're all cowering in fear. This is uh, interesting. And then there's a donut that's walking around at some point, and I thought of you, too, Simer. And there's a and weird thing like with a cinnamon roll head. I don't know, but I'm into it. Cinnamon roll. I yeah, no, cinnamon roll sounds delicious. I'm all the way into this. I'm excited to see this quirky game. Bring it on. Give me the snacks. Okay, so the next game um, I wanted to talk about was Project Athea. As we mentioned, Gary Wooda uh, announced today that he is writing on it. So this is the working title, according to the PlayStation blog, that 
Luminous Productions has been working on. Um, and so the write-up on the blog says that it's the culmination of a philosophy here at Luminous Productions to create completely new and fresh gaming experiences that fuse together the latest technologies with art. With PS5, our vision truly comes to life. Okay, okay, okay. This is PR marketing talk. <laughs> well, it's the Let PlayStation me blog, skip so. here. It's going to be action-packed, you guys. Oh. And at times, twisted. Temet, tempet, temet, tempestuous. Wow, that was a word. Why? Why you got to use that word? Tempestuous and forbidding. It's a journey that we want to feel as much as yours as it is our protagonists. Cool. So this is about all we know. They're not saying much more about it. We got a cool look at it. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit already. Yeah. But the, the minimal that we have. Yeah. But we got we nothing. We got, we got scraps. We don't have our bug snacks yet. We need the Ooh, bug, bug snacks, snacks later. For- yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, continuing on. Brittany, what's next? Um, that's a great question. I'm just here for yeah, the red. Like, so we, why have we not talked about... That's I guess I'm we wondering. haven't talked about Sackboy A Big Adventure. Which yeah, I really only cute. briefly mentioned it. We didn't talk about that one either. Okay. Yeah, we did not. Okay. So Sackboy A Big Adventure. I'm trying to look at like I mean, a it just looks of- like... It's more Little Big Planet. Yeah. Sackboy. It's his friends. So you, it looks like up to four-player co-op, which is nice. Think of um, Super Mario you've ever played- 3D World, but with Sackboy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, looks cute. You'll have all the fun customizations. It looks like it, that you did in prior Little Big Planets because somebody was like a bird and somebody else was like had Sailor Moon bun hair with, with really fun colors. And so yeah, it's still it looks. I don't want to say it, it. It is what it sounds like, basically. If you've ever played those games, yeah, yeah. We didn't hear if there's going to be a UGC component. That of course has been a huge part of Little Big Planet over the years. I think not because of the name. Because it's not Little Big Planet. Hmm. It's Sackboy's Sack Big Adventure. It's Sackboy's Big Adventure. So Kinda I like don't, how I Minecraft think this will Dungeons just be. Yeah. Is like, Interesting. That's yeah. my guess. I don't think that that's a bad thing. Obviously, Media Molecule has got their hands hold dreams right now. So that's probably what they're focusing on. In fact, I don't think Media Molecule this, is they making this. They didn't make this game. Um, uh, Parker I don't remember Studio the, yeah, I don't remember the game. But, or the, not the game. The developer. see if I can find it. <laughs> I can't yeah. find it. Um, okay, continuing on, another game that was announced is called. Oh, you want to talk about Goodbye Volcano? Sure. Hi, Goodbye Volcano High or Goodbye, Jet the Far Goodbye Shore. Volcano High? Because it'll be brief. Because this yeah. we also don't know almost anything about. Um, it kind of just looked. It did have very like a Life is Strange esque soundtrack going on to it, um, and then there were like anthropomorphic dinosaurs slash animals in high school of some kind, but you really got almost no understanding of what type of game it was. So I'm not sure if any of the articles have any more information, but it, the style of it seems interesting. We just don't really know what it is. So on the PlayStation blog, it says for the past few years, we've been hard at work making good by volcano high, a cinematic choice based narrative game set in the final year of high school for a bunch of dinosaur teens on dinosaurs the, on the cusp of graduation and the rest of their lives. You'll follow them as they struggle to make their mark on the world, figure out who they're going to be, try to find love all before time runs out and they're thrust into the world of adulthood. At first I thought they were going to say, I thought they were going to say time, time runs out, out and the meteor, meteor comes. comes and fucking fucks them all up. But I'm glad they Dude, didn't go there. Right there on the same page with you, Brittany. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Um, it's going to end like the TV show Dinosaurs did. Oh, where shit. Where they're just like impending doom. God. Like, oh, no. <laughs> but what they don't know yet is that time might be... Oh, fuck. But what, they oh, don't... <laughs> but what they don't know yet is that time might be about to run out for real. Oh, oh shit. And a time it, for is gonna, all is going to pull a dinosaur. And scared and not sure what happens next. We're hoping that the story resonates with people. 
dang that's deep hot diggity dog i mean i'll still play this this sounds interesting it is like a life is strange sort of game but with dinosaurs in a meteor apparently <laughs> and i mean asteroid yeah i was a, i was a huge fan of the tv shows dinosaurs so i'm all, oh, I'm all about this what's going for the deep cuts reference yeah dude that's how that show ended i'm not surprised that they would use a meteor to end this game Ugh. yeah um okay continuing on and there's a we can kind of run through some of these smaller titles that we didn't get to see much about i'm going to try to pull up a definitive list of everything that's confirmed for holiday Mm. so we've got jet the far shore uh we just mentioned uh we just mentioned goodbye volcano high there's also uh solar ash that looks cool um which looks really cool and we've got um stray which we talked about already and then, Are you looking for indies? Yeah, just okay. the smaller. So the Pathless? Did we talk about the Pathless? Don't think I so. I don't even remember what that was. What was that? Uh, let's see. They all kind of blend into one game after a while. I don't think this was this on there. Giant Squid. I don't remember what. Yeah, well, maybe this was announced originally for PlayStation Four. I finally get to announce it. The Pathless will be released later this year and not just on PS4. We'll be launching on PS5 too. Was this in the show? I feel like this was not in the show. I don't remember. Maybe it got, maybe it got cut from the show, but they were like, we'll still do a blog post. Yeah. Cause I don't remember this being part of it. Unless, I mean, I could be forgetting, but (laughs) I don't, I don't remember either. So that's from giant squid, uh, the Pathless. And then um, Tribes of Midgard also makes its console debut on PlayStation 5. So I believe that is currently available on PC, but it's not coming until 2021. Okay, now that we've got some of the smaller titles out of the way, we've got two big boys to talk about. Which one you want to talk about first? You want to talk about cool robots or you want to talk about <laughs> scary Britney Pitts? I'll talk about Resident Evil so we can end the discussion on something we all understand, which is Horizon. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Uh, hmm. So I've seen this trailer now probably like five or six times, and I've each time watched it kind of frame by frame to try to figure out like what the fuck is happening. So Resident Evil 8 Village had kind of been the long rumor title. We had heard from Dust Golem, uh, the... Twitter person who seems to know all things related to Capcom titles that this game was going to be a significant departure from what we're used to. And, you know, this person's pretty credible when it comes to the rumors. Obviously, they're also convinced that there's a Silent Hills game in the works. Who knows? In the works, who knows? But so uh, let me take a deep breath here because, oh boy, there's a lot here going on. So the story, so the trailer opens up. And it starts with his story comes to a close. And you're like, okay, what the hell does that mean? And then there's like this weird exchange between a man and a woman. Essentially, the the woman says, long ago, a young girl went to her mother, went with her mother to pick berries for her father, who was hard at work. But the forest greeted them with a dark, cold silence. The bushes were empty. Yet determined to find the berries, the rascal broke free of her mother's grasp and vanished into the trees. Mother's worried cries faded fast as the girl ran on over vine, under branch, and into the forest deep. And then you hear a man's voice cut in, and he says, what's up with that creepy story? We're assuming that's Ethan and Mia from Resident Evil 7. 
they're having some banter, and then we find out through the official Capcom blog that they have moved on, or had tried to move on from their shenanigans in Resident Evil 7 to live a, a normal, peaceful life. And, of course, all of that kind of comes crashing down, And because um, what is a good horror story if you don't have people getting fucked over royally? You know what I mean? You gotta True. have some shit going down. Yeah, if you're gonna be in th- that kind of a story, nothing good's gonna happen to you. So this is through from the press release. So, Resident Evil Village is scheduled for a 2021 release on PS5, Xbox Series X, and Steam. Set a few years after the critically acclaimed RE7 Biohazard, the all-new storyline begins with Ethan and his wife Mia living peacefully in a new location, free from the past nightmares. (laughs) Just as they are building their new life together, tragedy befalls them once again. Chris Redfield, the legendary hero from the Resident Evil series, who made a brief appearance in Resident Evil 7, is reacquainted with the couple and horribly disrupts their life, leaving Ethan devastated and thrown into an entirely new nightmare. Nightmare. The first person action in Resident Evil Village begins when the players assume the role of a distraught and shattered Ethan as he seeks to uncover the mysterious new horrors that plague a once peaceful village. Players will fight for every breath, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so going back to what I was talking about when you had that man of the woman kind of reading that story and bantering. So it looks yeah. like that that's Ethan and Mia kind of living their new life. And then toward the end of the trailer, you see, because I checked the backgrounds of the frames to make mm-hmm. sure that it was the same location, like the TV and the picture frames were all in the same spot. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Uh, Chris Redfield walks in and he's wearing like all black and he looks to his left or his right, shoots a woman several times on the ground, assuming it's Mia. It looks like Mia says, I'm sorry, Ethan. And Ethan just goes, why? And that's kind of like, what the fuck is happening? Why is Chris coming after Ethan and Mia? And that's kind of the main question. My theory is that at the end of Resident Evil 7, spoilers, this game came out in 2017, you can finish it. Uh, end of Resident Evil 7, Ethan, there's two endings you can have, but clearly Capcom's taking the reins and they're saying, we're going to make this ending canon where mm-hmm. Ethan and Mia lived, li- live leave together. That was a fucking struggle. Live and leave together. Live and leave together, yeah. Via yeah. helicopter, they escape the new biohazard uh risk of the mold they're supposed to go try to live happily ever after however we all thought that ethan is infected with the mold because he has hallucinations somehow his like arm is cut off and able to be reattached no problem like it, weird things happen all things that are symptoms of being infected with the component in resident evil 7 so the fact that he and mia try to go off and live this normal life like oh no so my theory is that they go off they have a child because there's a few shots of what looks to be mia holding a baby and this baby has, you know, Ethan's DNA, which is probably corrupted by the mold, right? Right. And now this baby is some weird, like, demonic mold, evil biohazard baby. There's Ooh. that's just my thought here. Spooky baby. And so Chris spooky is coming. Baby. Chris is like, oh hell no! Chris I'm is like, I'm gonna kill this spooky baby. Yeah, I hope. Fuck, I hope not. And I'm thinking, what do you mean ba- you hope not? That's probably what you do. <laughs> I don't know what he does. I, maybe the baby gets kidnapped. I don't know. But I think he comes to put an end because Mr. he's like, X. all of you are fucked. Like, something's going on. For him to come back and kill Mia, and and I, I, obviously he doesn't kill Ethan. We don't know if Ethan escapes or whatnot, but we know for sure it looks like he tries to kill Mia. So now Ethan, Ethan is in this uses weird... uses the mold and escapes. <laughs> this weird village. And there is some developer commentary um, with Peter Fabiano and another producer on Capcom for this game. And they showed a piece of key art, and they said, like, we even debated not showing this key art. Like, ha, you're getting us, you're, you know, PR mumbo-jumbo. But, but the, the key art, 
looks like there's four black wings. So imagine a circle. I, it's on my Twitter mm-hmm. account if you want to look at it. But it's like a golden circle. There's like this weird demonic fetus looking thing in the middle. And then sprouting off of that are four black wings. And if you see that, if you look at it, and if you go frame by frame through the reveal trailer, you see that same symbol painted on walls and looks like on floors throughout the game. Kind of like something a cult would do. So my thought is that this village is fucked up. They're worshipping this baby because apparently this baby probably has some weird biohazard thing wrong with it. And now Ethan is like, what the fuck is all this shit? And then he has to try to get out without getting killed. Wait, but like, there's other people in this village? Yeah. So, oh God. Yeah. That's, thank you. So we do okay, see some, <laughs> I tell you there's so much here. Okay. So there are what looks to be to be normal people in this village. The, the, the trailer opens up and it's this old man. He's like, oh, they're coming. And Ethan's like, who's coming? Uh, and there's That's werewolves. So you see like werewolves like running around outside. One of them pulls Ethan through a wall. I'm pretty sure. Um, it looks Ouch. like there is um, vampires, like women. They look like vampires because there's like these little mm-hmm. bat things flying around and they have like. So you were like, there's normal people. And then you're like, there's werewolves and vampires. <laughs> I know. I'm getting to the exciting <laughs> stuff. I think obviously there are normal people in the sense that like you see split seconds of people going, oh no, or oh my goodness. And if you go through some of the rumors that Dust Golem has provided, it sounds like there's going to be some new uh, protagonists introduced. And I'm assuming those are going to be the new people. But I'm assuming the, the normal good people are heavily outweighed by like the vampires and the werewolves. And there's apparently new zombie types. At one scene, it looks like a zombie is tearing someone's, like, face off or something. I don't know. It looks fucking weird. And I have to say, like, the more I watch it, the more I'm here for it. I, It's going to be... This definitely feels like a new, a very, very new direction that Capcom's taking Resident Evil. And in the, de- the developer interview, it sounds like they are upping the action uh, for this game. So it's not going to be so slow survival horror more like exploration action-y. So, ugh. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I have faith in Capcom, but this is going to be really interesting to see where they take it. If they do want to take it in a really weird direction, right now I'm like, okay, that's fine, because I have a theory also that they're going to be expanding the Resident Evil 3 story on the side. So it's like, okay, if, go the normal route of Resident Evil, and then go ahead and go on your weird-ass route down this way, and we'll see what happens. <sighs> oh, God. There's so much... Well, but I feel so much better. You're like good. It's a therapeutic. I, yeah, I needed to get all of that out. It's good. Thanks, thanks, ladies. No problem. We're here for you. <laughs> um, I'm glad that you were excited. It was definitely a fun moment, even though Steimer got mad at me because I was kept going full screen to get the reacts. Because normally, what happens in the press conference is I'm sitting next to you, ready to make gifts of your reactions. I know we couldn't be there next to each other for for this one. But I hope you I felt it. my energy, ladies. Oh yes. yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure somebody clipped something from that section of the stream. I hopefully. think Spelt Wrong Brit did. She tweeted it. Okay, good. Um, There were a couple other smaller things that I forgot to mention. Um, There was Little Devil Inside from NeoStream Interactive, which is a Victorian-like, or set in a Victorian-like era, embark on dangerous missions to gain evidence and findings for your employer, a mysterious professor. Uh, And then, oh, that was a really weird. Uh, was it the really weird art style one where, like, his face just looked like a Cheshire cat with like the really long fangs? Oh, wait, Uh... what? Wait, click on it. I was thinking about what was this the protagonist with the weird googly eyes? Um, I don't 
maybe um and oh wait was that the one where it's like the art the like the grass and the trees and everything looked super was real. realistic but then and the, then the... like the character had like a weird oh, minecraft face uh, little devil inside yeah that's yes. the one yes okay yes. yeah the art style of this game is very bizarre so yes the the environments look somewhat realistic but then the character models themselves are really goofy so you as the protagonist just have this fucking derp face that's so funny to watch and then all the creatures are are fantastical as well versus being more realistic this was the game that was kickstarted it sounds like it was kickstarted years ago but never appeared it was once scheduled to release in 2016 on the wii u wow this game has taken a journey yeah, I mean, I'm happy it got delayed because I think if it was on the Wii U, probably never would have gotten, you know. <laughs> no. Get that PlayStation money. Yeah. Um, and then we also didn't talk about Oddworld Soulstorm. So I saw this game at Judges Week last year, and they have been clearly working hard at it. And when we saw it, they were very upfront. They were like, it's going to be a while. Uh, but that was last year. So we still don't have like a release window, but essentially it's the next installment in the Oddworld franchise. So if you're big into Oddworld, I think you're really going to enjoy this. I thought that when I saw the game last year, it looked really great. They definitely had a lot of work to do on getting all the systems to play nice together because the build that we played was very much like very early pre-alpha build. But the art style looks awesome. And if you're into that whole narrative and the lore of Oddworld, I think that you will be excited about what's coming down the pipeline for that. Plus, we also saw NBA 2K21 from 2K Sports. Oh my god, yeah, there was so much in this conference. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the pre-alpha PS5 uh, footage that we saw, obviously looking great. 2K, uh, NBA 2K as a franchise has been doing really cool things with graphics, and so no surprise that it's going to probably look amazing on the new consoles. And then we've talked about pretty much everything except Uh, horizon zero dawn dust yes horizon to forbidden west so the exact title of the game is horizon forbidden west got it so everyone's gonna call it horizon 2 and they even put the little tick marks in the logo but its technical title is horizon forbidden west yeah well the forbidden west looks beautiful because it was all tropical but like it reminded me of i've never been to australia but of what i imagine australia to look like yeah well it takes place in the west of like the west of colorado and utah i think you see the golden gate is it the golden gate bridge you see in the background for a split second toward the end do you i think you do I think I, I thought that. the very last frame. I'm pretty sure I, I, that's what I saw. The yeah, we'll have to to take a, a look at it again. So the it's, I'm trying to get all of the details from so this. What's interesting too about so the Forbidden hot. West is that in Horizon Zero Dawn, the Forbidden West is alluded to, right? Like I think the thought is that Ross even ventured there once to try to rescue his daughter or rescue his daughter either. Or, I don't know, can't remember exactly. And there's some interesting data points in Horizon Zero Dawn that mention it. And there's a really good um, codex entry that you can find online and read about if you want. But essentially, here's a little paragraph about it. It says, though each account differs, it is certain that the Western lands are most unlike our own. Some cross deserts of palest whites, other deserts of color fire, even limitless sweeps of blue sand that seem to reflect the sky above, broken only by the remains of ancient machines. And these machines are supposed to be far worse than the ones that we encountered in the first Horizon game. So it's exciting that we're going there. And I think that had been more or less the predictions for a hot minute. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm pumped. I'm so glad that we finally get to see it. This was one of our predictions, and we knew that something was coming from Horizon and Guerrilla Games, and I cannot wait. And so, yeah, they, they one of the things they showed off that looked really beautiful is uh, Aloy underwater. Oh. And like, oh my God, her little rebreather. And you're just like, the water is so pretty. It's yeah, Holy gorgeous. smokes. And you get to like see beautiful coral reefs and stuff. And that like, that's why I was talking about it reminds me of what Australia would be because they're known for their coral reefs. Um, but I guess, you know, if the world... Humans go to shit. Yeah, then well, maybe the West would have a lot more. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a, there's kelp forests and coral reefs off the coast of California. It's just that you can't see most of them, especially near the coast, because of pollution and yeah. dumping and a bunch of other terrible Oops. things. And a lot of them have been eroded. But it would be interesting to see how they would potentially flourish, knowing that humans are gone for the yeah. most for the most part. And then they showed off some really interesting new. Obviously, I feel like they've always done really well with their creature design. Um, just making them feel somehow grounded, but also fantastical. They have an interesting balance. So the the my favorite one that they showed off in here was the big mammoth boy at the end. Oh, yeah. I was like, so cool. Heck yes. Like, come on. I mean, like, also, no, I'm scared. Run away. But also, you look cool. <laughs> yeah, that giant warthog gave me some serious Puma vibes. Yeah. But, you know, he, fighting that thing is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. And that like, really also, pretty tortoise. That rose up. Oh yeah, that the- reminded me of um, of God of War when her house stands up. Oh yeah, I was like, oh, but now I'm gonna have to hurt it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not because there's some creatures that had red eyes. Though I'm pretty sure. Oh, did it? Yeah, I didn't catch that detail. Yeah, it was. Dang mad. it, we'll convert it. It'll be our friend eventually. Just be like, so Hold there's on. a clip Override. of silence, and he has a whole bunch of well, not a whole bunch. Sorry, there's like maybe five or six look like tribesmen and women around him, and I'm assuming they're using the spear to convert the machine the machine has red eyes they shove the staff in there the machine has yellow eyes would you assume that means that it's been tamed uh usually that's what it means that's usually right because the theory is because i was going through reddit to like you know look at all the theories is that he's gonna be the bad guy in this game oh i mean i mean yeah i mean of course i mean don't want to like spoilers but like he breaks bad at the end of the last one um so I'm excited. This is awesome. They did not give us a release date. I would guess that this is Q1 2021 or potentially Q2 2021. I don't think that this is this fall. I think they would have announced no, it was they holiday said, for if sure. it was happening this fall. Yeah. It's possible, though, that maybe they have a milestone that they want to hit for polish and then they'll announce a release date. But my guess it's it's early next year would be when Horizon is happening, especially if they're going to be promoting Spider-Man in fall of this year they probably don't want to put two of their big first party titles that close that to close, each other yeah yeah that so, makes sense but i'm super excited about that i want to quickly run down our eight ball predictions so when we did our summer gaming predictions the first thing we asked is was the june 3rd event real and it said outlook good and like it kind of the kind, kind of, of eight ball was kind of right yeah and- it was originally the fourth and right. then I got bumped. So. Yeah, so the event that week was real, but then I got bumped. So the next question, will we get at a Horizon Zero Dawn 2? Most likely, that's a win. Good job, 8-Ball. Uh, will we see the console at this event? Yes, that's a win. Will we get an announcement of Spider-Man 2? The 8-Ball said no, but they were obviously... Oh, yeah, it was just, you know... Um, will we get an RE8 tease? It is certain. 
Good job, 8-Ball. Will we get a Gran Turismo launch for PS5? Yes, you may rely on it. We got that. Is PSVR 2 a thing at this event? My sources say no. 8-Ball was right there. Um, and then we have, will we get a Bloodborne 2 tease? Sources say no. So 8-Ball was right there as well. Oh, look at you. Yeah, we did get, oh, good. we did get Demon Souls. Like oh, yeah, either we, remake we or remaster, yeah. but we forgot to mention it because again, there was so much packed in this conference. Um, but yeah, so Shuhei came on and he talked about well, he didn't really talk about that, he basically just keyed it up and then there was a trailer and then that was kind of it. So they didn't really confirm if this was a remaster or a remake. Looks like um, it's a remake. Did they say that on the blog? Uh, remake of Demon Souls is coming to PlayStation 5, Sony announced today. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I would I would assume it would be a remake because I don't know why the hell they would do a remaster. That right. makes no sense. Um, but uh, yeah, so if you are a Demon Souls fan, you can look forward to playing it even prettier yeah, all over said, again. What else did they say? I was looking. They said something else about it on the blog. Some details about according Demon's to about Sony, Demon's Demon's Souls. Souls for PS Five has been entirely rebuilt from the ground up and masterfully enhanced. A release date was not go. announced. Yes, correct. Yeah, there's supposed to be two new uh, ways you can play. You can choose to prioritize resolution or frame rate um, in the game, which is obviously very important to players who are very much trying to min-max their strats for combat in that game. And they have um, a couple other technical things that they've announced for that as well. I'm just having trouble finding the exact language. But all in all... A fantastic showcase, some really cool things we got to see. I'm 100% excited for PlayStation 5 now that we've got, you know, Spider-Man confirmed for Holiday and a bunch of these other games that look really neat. I don't have a definitive list yet of all of the games that are confirmed for Holiday 2020, but we can talk about that next week on the show. Uh, There was other announcements that happened yesterday. So IGN is doing their summer of gaming with their IGN Expo. And day one yesterday had a bevy of announcements, mostly, you know, smaller um, indie or double A games. But Brittany, we have you to talk to us all about everything that was revealed for Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh my God, it looks so good. (laughs) There's a crayfish named Nancy. Is that all we need to know? Yeah, I mean, that's literally all anyone ever needs to know (laughs) to, like, you know, like, get into this game. But no, so the main takeaway for me, because I'm, I know I'm going to play this game surprising no one, is I'm trying not to learn about the plot point. And at one point, oh, gosh, someone from um, the team was talking and they started talking about kind of like where the story was going. And I kind of tuned out after that. So what I did is I went to Yakuza, Yakuza PC gamer and I pulled some of the top things that they, they found from the stream and it was all, it's all spoiler free. So the game's turn-based JRPG combat, which includes a job system all takes place in the protagonist's head. He's imagining real fights as these absurd encounters are full of special moves. So apparently Ichiban is a fan of retro gaming and in order for him to, I guess, get in like, the groove of fighting is he just imagines all of this kind of stuff in his head and that's how he applies his like fights to it i guess i don't know i think nice. that's freaking crazy yeah, it's, it's like i gotta map it out first yeah, whatever, don't worry yeah. about me you can level up bonds between characters called drink links and with higher Ooh. bonds they'll do follow-up attacks for you in combat and it sounds like you can maybe romance other characters in the game <gasps> which i'm like so okay. is it, is it, we're getting like a little persona ish with, with, yeah. with our links with our but i like drink links is actually very really cute, cute. there are 19 jobs each have their own unique outfits like classes i'm assuming that's what it can mean and then the new set in yokohama is apparently three times the size of camarocho with nine different districts 
which is just absolutely insane to me. I thought Camarocho was big enough, but hey, I guess you That's can always go three times bigger. <laughs> uh, 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 okay. And there's a, there's a significant <laughs> business management mode where you take over a failing confection, confectionery company and turn it into <gasps> a great, great holdings company, and it'll include some <laughs> epic shareholder battles. And there's Dragon Cart and Can Quest, which are racing mini games. In Can Quest, you pick up cans and rickshaw and try to outcollect other can collectors. Um, I mean, the more I see sure. this game, it's just I, I can't wait. You know, that's the beauty of the series is that it has some really the main narrative is really intense and there's some super deep and impactful moments. I've cried several times while playing these games, but you have this off the wall, goofy side content that just really, you know, lightens the mood up and uh, sounds like we're going to be getting a lot of that. I'm really excited, obviously. We still have a, yes. a release date. They keep saying day and date for the new consoles, but if I had to guess, I'd say it's just probably coming out maybe in a few months or so. Wait, so this is one of the games that's coming to current gen before next gen, right? I'm assuming, and this is, they're being really cagey with the wording of it. They're saying, you know, at first, because it, it was only confirmed for Xbox, um, oh, what's it called? Series X? Yeah, but the the thing where you buy it and you can play it on the other one. Oh, game the, Pass. no, the no. backwards compatible one. The, uh, Smart I Delivery. Yes, yeah. I was like, yeah. I forget the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be part of that. And then they just officially announced not that long ago that, of course, it's coming to PS5 as well and PS4 and Xbox One. But they're saying on the same day that it's going to release for all of these. And like, how does, but, but I, yeah. So I don't know why they're not giving a release date. I really don't understand it because we're already halfway through June. So well, if they're, yeah, if they're holding it to launch it on launch day for PS5 or Xbox Series X, that they can't give the release date because the platformers have it. Well, the no, they're saying they're going to release on the same... They're all going to release, like, on the same day is what it sounds like. But maybe that's what they're also... Maybe that's what they're saying is, like, it's going to release on PS5 first or Xbox first. We don't know. Do you see why I'm, like, confused here? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. It'll all become clear, I'm sure. I would guess that they're going to announce a the- date by the end of the summer... Typically, E3, if we don't see dates at E3 announcements and their holiday, we get them at Gamescom because that's another major marketing beat that's directly ahead of the holiday season big spend that we usually see retailers doing. So hopefully we'll know by the end of the summer. And Simon, you'll appreciate this. Apparently, there's 252 Sujimon, and you can become a Sujimon master if you collect these dangerous beings that are called Sujimon. First, nice. he challenges the green, red, and blue kind, and then it's an encyclopedia, and you build it up like a Pokedex. I, I just, oh, my God. Yeah. I just need uh, it so bad. It looks cool. Yeah. Whew. That was a lot. And there certainly was some other news that happened this week, but, of course, we are focusing on this massive PlayStation reveal event. And not to discredit any of the games that were announced at IGN's Expo Day 1. There's just, like, so much to cover. We just cannot cram it all into one episode of our show but we are looking forward to doing even more next week because next week's going to be another massive show with more watch alongs i'm going to be creating a streaming uh, a streaming schedule calendar that i'm going to put up for you guys so you know exactly when we're going to be live on our twitch channel and you can watch along with us but i do want to do a quick follow-up on a story that Brittany and i talked about on the monday show which is the bundle for racial justice and equality that itch.io has been blasting out so their initial fundraising goal for this bundle that we talked about was i can't remember it was what was the initial goal it was like a I couple hundred five million 
It was a couple oh, hundred I don't thousand. The, I don't remember the original um, goal. But they're over $5 million now in their fundraising effort, which is phenomenal. The bundle originally had around 742 games, I want to say. Yeah. And now has over 1,000. And it says that it includes more than 1,500 works from at least 1,198 creators. So they're adding more games to this bundle all the time. And it's raising money for the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund and the Community Bail Fund, Proceeds from the fundraiser will be split 50-50 between the two organizations. And Polygon added that as more money is raised, itch.io continues to update the bundle with more games and projects. All people who donated will gain access to the additional games added to the original bundle, regardless of when you originally donated as part of this campaign, which is amazing. And... From the date of recording, so if you guys are listening to the podcast on Friday, you have just a couple of days left to get in on this bundle. It's a phenomenal offering of games, and it all goes to a great cause. They so. just added Pyre from Supergiant, which is oh, a very cool game. I just saw that on Twitter, awesome. and I was like, oh, shit, yeah. So there's a, I mean, the, ga- the game list is... Well, yeah, it. it's obvious. Yeah, yeah you, you said it over, over yeah. a thousand. So yeah, yeah. I, so I'm definitely not going to run down these games. No, 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 there's no. Just way t- there's way too many. <laughs> yeah, I just saw that in a tweet that Supergiant said that today. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, so I uh, just wanted to give them a shout out and a big thanks to everybody who's been putting that together, all of the developers who are bringing their games to that bundle to help fundraise for those two fantastic charities. So... That is going to do it for our news segment. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about The Last of Us Part 2. Spoiler free, of course. We'll see you guys soon. everybody welcome back it's segment two of the what's good games podcast as we mentioned at the top of the show we are taping everything a little bit out of order today and so we actually taped this segment before we taped the first segment so that we could do the playstation 5 watch along with you but we still have things to talk about like what we've been playing because steimer has been playing a game that everybody is talking about this week the last of us part two (laughs) part dos but before we do that, I want to tell you that it's brought to you by ExpressVPN. I know most of you are probably thinking, I search for things on the internet that I don't want anybody else to know about. Admit it. You've done it. We've all done it. Incognito mode is normally your best friend. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. Let me tell you something about your browsing history, everybody. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. I know. Embarrassing, right? Well, that's why when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. So let me tell you a story about one night when I was in a girl's chat and there was a talk about deep fakes. I had no idea what deep fakes were. And so one Maria convinced me to google search for deep fakes and boy oh boy have i regretted that decision ever since because let me tell you those cookies have been following me everywhere (laughs) if only i had just turned my express vpn on before i got convinced to search for deep fakes but also did not realize there are some really convincing deep fake adult entertainment out there like very convincing there's this one with taylor swift that i could have swore was her could have swore Except she had a weird Russian accent, so... <laughs> Probably not. Was that 
the giveaway? <laughs> what was the giveaway? I was like, oh, doesn't feel like it's T-Swift in this video. Anyway, I digress. It doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon or Comcast or if you're like me and you get it from Spectrum here in the Los Angeles area. ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. That's right. Get mad about it. Write your local congressperson. ExpressVPN, though, is here to help you in the meantime with an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure server so your ISP can't see the sites that you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background and is easy to use, and all you have to do is tap on button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all of your devices, phones, computers, and even your smart TV, so there's no excuse to not be using it. Protect your online activity today with a VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. We like those websites. Visit our exclusive link at expressvpn.com slash what's good games and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash what's good games. Expressvpn.com slash what's good games to learn more. Okay, Steimer. Hmm. Yes, you have had your copy <laughs> of The Last of Us for quite some time. And full yes. disclaimer, PlayStation, Sony Interactive Entertainment provided a pre-release promotional copy for our review. So thank you to Sony for sending that over. Disclaimer done. Yes. And you have now finished the game. Yes. <gasps> and this will be a spoiler-free conversation. I'm a spoil. I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it will <gasps> definitely be spoiler-free. I think that's actually one of the harder things. It's going to... I will talk slowly basically is what's going to happen <laughs> we will have, I, have faith friends if she does an accidental spoiler i will have edited it out by the time it gets to you it's not only that like i obviously am i'm smart enough to like not say story right. spoilers but for me i think one of the magical parts about going into this game was uh i managed to avoid all of like the previous whatever internet leak spoilers so i actually don't even know how accurate they are because i just never saw them um so I didn't see any of that. I had stopped watching their trailers a couple trailers ago. I was just like, you know what? No, I want to just go into this game. And I'm really glad that I did, actually, because I think for me, once I know that I'm interested in a game, I actually don't want to see anything more mm-hmm. from it, at, especially, I don't know, this stage of my life. I don't know. Maybe it's an old person thing. <laughs> but You're I, not an old person. Oh, back in my day, we watched all the trailers and we got all the information from the PR and then we played the game. No, um, but Um, but yeah, so like it's more of making sure that I don't overstep when I will eventually start talking about themes of the game. Yeah, because wanting to make sure that if you do. So I think how I'm going to handle this is I'll talk more about the structure of um you know, gameplay features and lighting and all that kind of crap, like stuff that really has nothing to do with the story. And we can run through all of that. And then I can touch on themes. And then that way, if you're like, I kind of want to go in a little bit more dark, you can stop listening then. Um, and then you can just, you know, go about your merry life. I think that sounds like a good plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So general broad strokes in the beginning, and then we'll give another more contextual warning but again if you want to be like Steimer and going completely blind check the timestamps on the podcast and jump ahead to the next topic yes um i think if you were uh looking forward to this game at all just play the game 
you'll be that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> there you go. that's all you need to know <laughs> that's your two second review all right that's why i'm here that's I'm, why i'm on the show i'm out goodbye yeah you're like britney's just like <laughs> i'm done i want to hear nothing more no i totally i totally get that um we can talk about one of the main features they actually had a little bit of a pr beat last week for um that i was very pleasantly surprised by when i hopped into the game and that is their accessibility options in the last of us OG, uh, the first game, there wasn't really a lot. Like you had difficulty settings, and I feel like, granted, I haven't fired that game up in a long time, but I feel like that was pretty much it. Like they didn't really have a whole heck of a lot going on in terms of making sure um, people with you know either visual or hearing disabilities or anything like that could play the game. Um, and they've really amped that up. So yes, there are. They still have like the standard difficulty settings. So they have like four. Baby, baby, yes, baby mode is what nice. I'll call it. Uh, baby ass baby mode just the one baby and then they have just like normal and then like go kill yourself it's really hard <laughs> these are my own interpretations of what those difficulty levels are called they're not called that um but and then if you actually hop into option settings is where you can really start to fine tune how you want to play the game or whether or not you do have hearing issues or whatever uh, visual like colorblind or whatever um so I went in and kind of fucked futz, futz. I was going to say futz, and then it turned into a partial fuck. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> partial fuck. Um, <laughs> <fucked> around. <laughs> I futzed around in the menus, and like, there's a lot of really interesting things in there. So you can kind of um, you can mess with their AI, like the enemy AI, so that if you don't want to be flanked, maybe you do. You have an uh, issue with hearing. Like I don't know. Mm. I can't think of the f- proper term but where it's like this side, like. Oh, peripheral. peripheral peripheral hearing issue or anything like that. You're like, just don't want to deal with people coming at you from the side. You can turn that off. Wow. Um, you can turn off a couple of other things, too. There had like a whole list I was going to read off of from. Uh, I can pull that up for you. I have it. Up where okay. It's reloading now because it's the Internet. That's but. interesting. I don't know if I've ever heard of a game having that option where you can yeah, turn off the so ability to be flanked. There are presets, so if you are blind or have low vision, um, or if you have mobility disabilities or hearing issues, like they have some presets you could just select. Um, alternate controls, so you can remap the buttons. Um, HUD scaling to help players change the size of HUD elements like text. Colorblind mode. Uh, camera shake customization for those prone to motion sickness. Navigation assistance, so that the camera will face sort of in the direction you just go. Um, enhanced listen mode so you can scan for items while in listen mode um, they also have like skip puzzle options or infinite breath for breathing underwater i didn't oh. actually, I actually missed that i didn't see that anywhere in there um, and then they have like text-to-speech audio technology um, and then combat accessibility which is the stuff i was talking about where you can um, you can fine-tune like the amount that they will perceive you that enemies will perceive you uh one of them being like if you go fully prone like on the ground that like, you're technically kind of invisible so you can just like army crawl your way around I if you really want love, to I love 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 that they included that not only for people like me who fully embraces baby ass baby mode because I want to and choose to but for the 
thousands of gamers out there that suffer from a variety of disabilities that want to be able to embrace these games and want to be able to experience the storytelling. Thank you, Naughty Dog, for thinking of them. I am looking forward to hearing from Steve Saylor about what he thinks about the game. And, of course, our friends at Able Gamers, they have people on their editorial staff that evaluate games for disabilities as well. So looking forward to hear what they have to say, if they actually think that these are helpful. But just the fact that they took the time to put them in there, I think, is a win. And I hope more developers do that as well. Yeah, it was it was very, um, a very nice surprise when I went in there and kind of saw how much there was to mess around with. I didn't mess around too much with it um, in the sense that like didn't go deep diving through all the different options. Um, But I mostly because I just wanted to get in the game. (laughs) I was like, let's go. Um, But I did, I did turn, I, okay. I baby ass baby moded it for a very particular reason. We live in high stress times right now. Oh yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of uncertainty going around in the world. The last thing I really wanted was to artificially inflate my stress more with gameplay so i did play on one of the lighter i didn't play on the lightest easy the easiest mode not baby baby i played on like semi baby mode and then i did turn off like no one could flank me um i think that was it i think i did one other thing that i don't remember it may have been just like people i think i just turned on the ability so i could see when they were going to see me um because that's an option in there too so I'm so uh, bad at stealth. That's great. Yeah, because I was like, I mostly just wanted the meter to know, like, am I about to get right? Do I need to retreat or into the not? Grass. Do I, yeah, yeah. Do I need to like Homer Simpson away here? Um, but so I, I did mess around with a couple of those things, uh, and that was nice. And it definitely made me feel like I could play the game the way I wanted to play the game, which is something again that I always really appreciate um, because it just means like you have less hurdles of getting through the story. And The Last of Us Part Two is always all about the story um anytime you have like a naughty dog game a lot of that is is why you go into it right you're just like you want to get immersed in the world you want to learn about the characters and you want to be taken on a little journey um so if you're constantly just like kicking yourself in the pants because you can't get through a certain level that usually detracts from it yeah exactly um so yeah so that that's the accessibility options out of the way so if you're looking at this game, it's it really is just like it's stupid gorgeous. The lighting effects are insane. You just like there's a they, and the way that they play with it is really pretty. Like they have a lot of god god lighting kind of coming in from different angles, whether or not you're outside or even in a building. Um, the other thing I really enjoyed was sort of um, like even in the grass. Yes, like the blades of grass move. Cool fun. They've done that for a while. <laughs> But, like, now they have, like, little grasshoppers and things that'll just, like, pop out of the grass sporadically. And you're like, oh, it's just, like, they added so many nice little visual elements to help make the world feel natural and alive, which I really appreciated. Like, I was walking through this one time, like, a squirrel. A squirrel ran by or whatever. Or, like, sometimes a rabbit will run by and you're just like, oh, shit. That's right. Like, <laughs> there are living creatures in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed that more uh, touches like that. Um but honestly, I mean, I think as as anybody knows, if you're looking at a Naughty Dog game, you're like, the visuals are going to be one of the strongest elements, and they definitely kept that up here. Would you say I it's think, the prettiest PS4 game you've seen? The prettiest PS4 game? I don't, I'm not qualified enough to make that sort of a statement. But Is it, it was, the prettiest game you've seen? Like, and, 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 and like, ever? Just, sure, yeah. Sure. I don't know. I okay, feel like enough. probably, because like, for me, there's different art styles or different sure. things like 
that I would take into consideration before. But I think that I think maybe what Brittany's trying to say is as far as photorealism is concerned in video games, do you think that Naughty Dog is pushing the envelope with what they did with The Last of Us Part Part Two with animation? I feel like they're um Was that correct, princi- Brittany? Their principal characters, as always, look incredible. They are animated to perfection. Um, and you will notice that and you'll see it both um, in cutscenes and then in just the regular gameplay. Um, I will say, like, I felt a little bit less excited about that in characters that were not principal characters. Mm. Um, so, But mostly, like, talking about, like, the people kind of, like, standing around, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, those people don't always look the best to me, personally. Uh, but I also don't care because they are just, like not even a tertiary person you're just like a nobody (laughs) yeah (laughs) you are literally a space filler so i don't really care um but yeah so i would i would say that that was how i personally felt about the character design anyway um but i also really appreciate it so one of the really nice things i felt like they did with this game is there's pretty much there's one loading scene and that is as you load into the game so you will just load into the game and then you seamlessly move between cutscenes and gameplay so there's very little pausing. So you don't have to... Not very little. There is no pausing. <laughs> I mean, you could pause the game. But uh, not like in other games where um, I was watching uh, John play Outer Worlds for a little bit. And I was like, oh, God, I forgot how like every time you move yeah. into a building or out of a building, you hit a loading screen and how much that can take you out of the experience. And I, I really appreciate that Naughty Dog worked really hard to make sure that that was not an issue here. Um, so, yeah, it all flows very seamlessly. And you won't ever be like, there's no time to be like, I'm going to check my phone now because like, I'm just staring at a screen that has some rotating facts through it. I feel like you're, trigger- <laughs> like you're triggering me right now because I always check my phone and load no, screen. No, but that's, what the, that's always what happens. <laughs> I yep. feel like anytime I play a game and it takes you into a loading screen... I'm. I just grab my phone. It's just like a. It's just a habit. You just. I do have it. thirty and seconds to kill. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid, but it's, it's what happens. One scroll through Twitter. Let's go. Yeah, you're like okay, and then you end up spending like five or six minutes, even though you're just like standing. Your character's just standing there, and they're like, "What do I do? What? What's um, so that's not an issue here. Um, again, so tech wise, fantastic job. Um, heart you. Thank you. I'm trying to think of other... Do you guys have, like, tech questions or gameplay questions? I can hop into gameplay in a minute, but if you have anything about what I've already talked about. Um, well, we talked a little bit about it already, but combat, how did it feel overall for you playing on the difficulty setting that you did? Did you think that it felt rewarding? Did it feel too difficult? Did it lean into the stealth and survival elements that you were hoping it did so again i did play on one of the lighter modes um so i can't speak to the higher ones i imagine it would be a lot harder to stealth stealth around um but the way i played on i really liked because i still had there were like a couple quote unquote like harder encounters where i did die still even on the lighter mode because i honestly just fucked it up let's be honest like that was just my that was my fault like i can't blame the game Uh, sometimes you just panic and run into a corner and die that just happens Uh, (laughs) yep yep uh and so but overall how i usually prefer to play at least a last of us game like how i played the first game um is i do try to stealth it as much as possible i don't really i very i think i only went in guns blazing once because i was just like you know what 
screw it. Uh, <laughs> but usually I'm like, always, you're always doing the, those weird squat crawl. Like, and you're just kind of like trying to maneuver your way around and grab somebody. And um, I love Ellie's switch page. Just like stab him. You're like, dead. you're dead. Great. So face taking um, isn't an option for me is what you're saying. I mean, you could try, but like even on the quote unquote easier mode, um, yes, resources are easier to find and I never really struggled too hard with it, but like you will, ammo is still hard. Um, so I had a lot of crafting stuff, but I never necessarily found like heaps and heaps of ammo. Um, so you do need to make sure you are, you're managing and rationing your ammo because otherwise you're just going to be like, I've got a gun with no clips. So they come at me. (laughs) Well, they expanded the gun system this time around, right? Like the way that you can modify your guns and how that plays into the skill progression. So you have, um, yeah, you can, you can go through and you can find, there's a few things you can find in the world. Um, you can find crafting, uh, elements. So like bottles or alcohol or rags, similar to the first game. And that's how you craft med kits or how you'd craft your silencer, um, for your pistol. And then you have just parts, which is how you upgrade your guns. So those are just like a, like a cog wheel or whatever is something you pick up. Um, and then you find pills. So, you know, mama likes to pop her pills. So pills of any kind you are going around and finding and the pills will feed into your character's skill tree. Um, and you can also find books around the world that will unlock new paths so like as you start um you really only have one tree you can build into but then if you find these different uh books journals whatever then that opens up another one another path so i think i opened up four or five yeah i think that was so four or five i do not remember if it was four or five but somewhere in that general vicinity um and you can get on build in that way and i did manage to max out i think i only maxed out one but then i had most of the other ones somewhat maxed out as well so i found found a lot of pills in the apocalypse got a lot of pill pushers out there um so those are the most of the things that you'll be looking around for as you're playing the game as you're trying to avoid um the infected uh or live people <laughs> Ooh, the infected how the infected the infected are still creepy can can confirm um the clickers always, it's just like, they're just sounds that they made. What Their sound design on the clickers is so good, but in such a terrible way. Like, they're just, they, it just gets under your skin in a way that you're like, I'm profoundly uncomfortable. And I also, I even, I had to wear headphones for part of playing this game because my neighbors at the time, I also moved halfway while playing this game. Um, but my neighbors were so loud that I just couldn't enjoy myself while playing it. So I had to put on my, my big oh. Astros um, to play. And even then, like, they'll have the sound design, but I also still felt like I couldn't quite tell which direction it was coming from all the time, which makes you even more unsettled. And you're like, listen mode. Where have I? Like, and you just, like, scan around. But there's um, there are some new infected types, um, and they uh real gross. Mm. And also very irritating to deal with but (laughs) which i know Brittany will be excited about um but uh you know it's be careful what you wish for baby girl i know so i know you don't like scary things would you class how does the scary slash gameplay slash etc etc balance like you were able to play and finish it obviously this is 
the best game Naughty Dog has ever produced, in oh. both in terms of editing and in terms of pacing. Oh, and I'm in terms so glad of, to hear that. In terms of like, I'm trying to think of the proper way to describe it, but whatever. The emotional roller coaster that it takes you on is well planned. Uh, I laughed just as much as I screamed in this game, if not more. So like, there is a lot there um, in terms of like, yes, it's yes, it has scary moments, and yes, I screamed, and yes, like there are some jump scares, but I never felt like the game was like just trying to be an asshole. <laughs> if that no, makes good. sense. Like, uh, I was just like, ah. I'd just be like, fuck, God damn it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like it's funny. Cause like my neighbors must be like, like there's no, no noise coming from this apartment. And then just like, a, fuck, like, really loud, <laughs> really loud expletives. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to be careful again when I talk there, but I think that that's fine to say <laughs> yeah. pacing wise. It's very good. Yay. Um, and yeah, there was never really a moment where I felt like it was dragging on too long, like I said. And I, I, um, I, as I've repeated throughout, I feel like the entirety of what's good games, like editing, editing, editing. And I feel done. like they actually did that. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> like, yes, it's still a long game. Um, well, quote unquote long. Uh, I feel like it was like 25, 26 hours. Um, but if you are somebody who really, I hunt, I, I did search a lot, I will say. There was only a couple of times where I looked down an alley or whatever. I was like, mm, I actually don't feel like exploring. There was very few times where that happened. I think it happened twice. Um, did the exploration you did feel meaningful or were you just looking at art? Um, so it, it's a it's a mixed bag. So like sometimes you don't always strike gold when you go exploring. I think that's fine. Um, but sometimes you find some really they'll they'll scatter around what I think are interesting side bits of storytelling like um, that are really, I'm like, can I tell you like one example? Cause it's not main story whatsoever. Uh, fine. Minor, the most minor of spoiler alerts, like talking about like a tiny sneeze in the wind. Um, you like, you can find a garage where like a bunch of people are, or there are a bunch of infected in it. And you like find the notes and stuff to find out like, what happened there Yeah, and, i love that kind of stuff um yeah why they were all trapped or whatever mm-hmm. like if you if you search around you'll figure out why that was the way it was um or if you don't you'll either just skip that completely and we'll never know that the, that they were even there um or you could potentially not find all of the notes in the vicinity and be a little bit like head scratcher as to why that happened in the first place so is that um, a kind of situation where you'd find one of those books that you were talking about um the books i found I feel like they were never so hidden that you wouldn't find them. Mm. Um, but you do need to look around a little bit for them. But they usually weren't like mega buried uh, in the back somewhere because otherwise you would only have like one skill tree. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be a little bit sad. Um, but I, yeah, I always really, I still really liked, I really liked exploring this game even up until the end. Um, I just was like, even when my, all my stuff was full, I'd be like, but what can I find? What's over here? Let me open this drawer. What? I don't know. Just, just in case, <laughs> just in case there's something cool. Um, they do have collectibles as well. So if you are a collectible hunter, you can find, uh, find cool things. So Ellie collects um, cards, like superhero trading cards. Uh, and they've done a lot of really cute things with those superhero training or not training cards, trading <laughs> cards. Uh, and so like they put, you know, some 
fun, clever, like, uh, Easter eggs on those. So those should be really fun for everybody to find. Nice. How was the gameplay when you were in the world with other NPCs? So in the demos that we've seen so far from Naughty Dog, they have made mention that there will be several missions where... Ellie has another character along with her. Did yes. it feel like they were contributing in combat scenarios? Were they clunky? Were they great? Obviously, they're there for storytelling reasons, but as far as like gameplay is concerned, did it feel like that was something that they achieved, or it, did it feel like it was just kind of there? I liked it whenever I had another NPC with me, um, personally, just because I like having friends. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just more of like a comfort blanket situation. Yeah. Um, combat wise, they were never a hindrance, which was good. Um, sometimes they would do things and sometimes they wouldn't though. It was a, I was a little confused. as to like when they were programmed to try and take someone down versus when they were just following me basically. Right. Um, but they never alert enemies. Uh, so, or at least on the difficulty I was playing. I don't know actually if on higher ones they would or not. I still can't imagine that they would because that'd be really annoying. Um, so you're safe there. You don't really have to worry about them completely messing you up. But there were some times when I wished that maybe I could have like sort of in, like in Mass Effect could have directed them. Okay. If there were two people like two enemies near us, I wish sometimes the game will naturally be like, I'll take that one. You take that one. It'll do it. Um, but there were some times when it wouldn't auto do that. And I'd be like, damn it. I wish I could just mm. be like, you take that one. I take this one. Let's go. Um, so uh, you can't necessarily direct them, but sometimes they will just take people down and help you. Uh, again, I tend to go more stealthy. So like anything would be more of a self takedown. Uh, but so I, I didn't test it going in guns blazing to see how they responded. Actually. Um, I'll I do probably should have done that. Yeah. I was like, Brittany, Brittany can do that. She covered. <laughs> okay well that's good to know um so i think that probably covers most of my questions that are generalist and Brittany, i wanted to pose to you an option if you want to opt out of the second part of the conversation because you want to go in as blind as possible that's fine by me i'm happy to have the convo with steimer and everybody who's listening to watching me watching watching no watching. i'm good i'm good <laughs> okay. i'm good and plus i already know some of the spoilers anyway at this point. <laughs> well, again, no spoilers, but this yeah. is probably where we're going to delve into more story-based discussion and how those themes come together and how it ties all of the gameplay mechanics. So if you are like several thousand million people out there who want to know nothing yeah. about what is to come story-wise. Just now, know that the game functions great, looks great. It's not broken. It's, not, it's definitely far from broken. All right. So, yeah. Okay. Now's the time to nope out. Check the timestamps. Skip ahead. Yeah. We'll see you in a bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, moving on to more interesting conversations. <laughs> yes. So, clearly, we all know that Naughty Dog is a masterful storytelling studio. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they have accomplished what they set out to do by making this their most ambitious title ever? This is... Leap, leaps and bounds the best thing that they've ever made oh. i'm happy to say that like uh i was, was a very big fan of the original the last of us i was one of those people who didn't want another one i'm one of those people who can freely admit that they were fucking stupid and really <laughs> wrong um i've also been somebody that has said as this game has been shown through pr 
and even when Neil has talked about it, that I wasn't sure if I wanted to play it um, because of more of just how heavy uh, it feels like it, it appears to be and and how hard it might be to push through that. But as I mentioned briefly, like, yes, there is darkness in this game, but they have also balanced it with light. And I think that that is the part that they have not really talked about or shown a lot of in their PR campaign. To me, that's a little bit of a head scratcher um, because not everyone really wants wants to sit and just be feel like they're dragged down by something. And I think you need you need the balance. You need both because um, you can't have a game that's all entirely. Light. I mean, you can, but it's not as interesting. Um, but this game strikes such a great balance of giving you those moments of levity and then just fucking like hammering you with something and then bringing you back up. Like it just plays the game perfectly. Um, and that is something that I think is it's trying to capture a Brit face. <laughs> I mean, that's so just so hard to do, right? It's so hard to pace things properly like that and to make sure that, your quiet moments aren't so quiet that you're bored or that your heavy moments aren't so intense. You have a heart attack. So it's just the fact that they managed to do that and do it very expertly, like was, was really special for me. And again, because I was able to kind of go through this game on my own, right? Like no one else was playing it. There wasn't really anyone to discuss with. So that's why I have this notebook here. I'm sure you're probably like, what the, what the fuck is that? Um, this was, <laughs> so I would journal almost every session after I would play because I just would have so many feelings and emotions about everything that was going on. And, uh, some of that was like fun emotion. And some of that was, was harder emotion. Um, and I just like, would write down my thoughts and probably went way down like too deep of a rabbit hole trying to be smart but it was just like like this is what i'm feeling and oh what if this is connected over here and and oh look at the way that they're doing this i think um the one general statement that i wrote that i could say thematically i feel like this game is uh, the last of us part two is a magnifying glass on just the duality of human nature like that's thesis statement whatever like that's what it is um because it really does shine on both aspects of you as a person and like how you can be a hypocrite or you can have hypocritical actions and not necessarily be aware of it. Um, just really focuses in on the humanity of, well, of the characters in this game. Cause obviously those are the, those are the stars, but um I just found it really interesting. And it's just, it's really, it's a hard game to talk about because of the way that they, they do it. It would be spoilery and I would never want to do that for anybody. So that's kind of like the best boiling it down sort of a situation that I can get to without saying anything. Uh, But you really, it makes you reflect or at least it made me reflect. It made me think a lot about, uh, you know, humanity and the way that we are and, especially in the times that we're in right now, especially with like the black lives matter movement and everything that's happening in the world, this game feels more appropriate than ever. It feels like this was absolutely the time for it. Um, and that I think surprised me. I was just like, Holy shit. (laughs) Well, that's something that we talked about, right? We, a couple of weeks ago when we, you know, heard about the delay and then they gave the release date. One of the things that I expressed concern about that we discussed was, is it 
the right time in the midst of a pandemic that is about a virus that is claiming people's lives and really turning over society as we know it, is it time to tell that story? And so you're saying the way that it's told, yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, here's like a little bit also more of what I had written. And I think that it kind of is a good jumping off point based on what you just said, talking about like, is it the right time with the infected or whatever? And I'm like, the last of us is not a tale of zombies. It's not a tale of infected. Um, the last of us is not even a tale about the end of the world. Like what, even though, and like what that might look like the last of us, as I've already said, like it's a magnifying glass on us as human beings. That's what it is. It's not about the infected. It's not about the world becoming apocalyptic. It is what we are fundamentally. Just like when you strip, like the, the setting is the, is the uh, vehicle for like getting you there. Because I think when you are able to strip away the bullshit of like regular everyday life is when you really can see and really dissect what it means to be human and the natural tendencies that we will fall into regardless of what is going on in the world. That is super <laughs> deep. Space. <laughs> I am so turned on right now. Since the time we're fucking dropping that truth knowledge. No, that's really, I think that's the best feedback I've heard about this game. Um, it, that's something I've been concerned about. And we, like you guys were just talking about, don't get me wrong. I'm very jealous that Simer got a review copy, but there was a part of me that was thinking, I don't even know if I can handle that game right now. Shit's hard. So yeah. it, it's good hearing what you just said about how there is the light, there is the dark. And it sounds like right now this game can even be viewed as cathartic because there is a lesson to be taken away from it that directly applies to the fucked up world that we're in at the moment. So that's, Really, really, really good to hear. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. So did yeah. you walk away feeling a renewed sense of hope in humanity or that we're all just deep, dark, terrible people? It. <laughs> I mean, I think <laughs> I walked away from the game. I mean, first of all, just wanting to like have a spoiler cast immediately. Being like, <laughs> yeah. someone else, please play and finish this game because I need to talk to somebody. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I do think it... Uh, I don't think you will leave this game. I, mean, I feel like this is going to feel spoilery if it's not. But no, I didn't necessarily stop playing the game. And was like, well, guess I'll go slip my wrists now. Like, that's not how I left it. Um, but I am also one human being. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like people will interpret it differently. People will take away. Like, all the game is asking you to do is listen. So if I feel like if you do that, and if you take the time and really hear what it's trying to say... Um, maybe even journal like I did. <laughs> Have you, you ever go journaled really, before? Really crazy. Yeah, with usually I with a game. Not not a game, and not like this. Not like this, or rather, I should say, not like this with a game. Um, yeah, that's really. Cool. I usually do journal sometimes if I'm just like feeling run down, or if I'm feeling like a lot of something for, and I'm not sure why. Like I'll just sit there and kind of write. Um, but this is the only time actually that I can remember doing this where I felt like compelled to sit down and just write out my feelings and write out how I think I would feel in that situation or if I could try and empathize or, you know, like just all sorts of, there's all sorts of scattered brain thoughts in here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's, it's been really interesting and I can't wait for the spoiler cast because then I'll actually be able to read more of this journal and tell you a little bit um, more about my thoughts. 
I am excited to talk more about this with you. I know it's a challenge to try to delve deep into a very intense hands-on conversation with a game that is so narrative-focused without trying to get into spoiler territory and without people that have also played with you. And we absolutely will be doing a spoiler cast for this in the coming weeks. We want to give you guys enough time to play the game. Brittany and I still don't have copies, just to be clear. Yeah. Uh, so we're probably going to be getting copies next week with everybody else that's getting copies. And we want to give you guys enough time to play the game without having to worry about it. So I think we talked about early July potentially uh, for the spoiler cast. So don't worry. We're not going to rush. We're not going to rush into it, but um, well, thanks for all the thoughts. I'm definitely more excited to play now. I was worried that there wouldn't be enough levity, that it would be too heavy. And which is why I've been constantly retreating into animal crossing <laughs> because you know as i mentioned in my vlog on patreon this week like stuff is hard and you need to take breaks and this doesn't feel like the kind of break that i really want or need right now but i always love great storytelling and i've never been disappointed with storytelling from naughty dog even if it's fun and whimsical like some of the stuff they've done with the uncharted franchise has been i still think it's great storytelling yeah and i think i also didn't actually even touch on the acting <laughs> at all because oh. i feel like i think I we just, just assume we that just it's, assume yeah. that it's amazing <laughs> and like the assumption's correct like it's all <laughs> like, the the principal actors even this you know the the ancillary actors are all fantastic and um the way it was written and the way they deliver it both marry together perfectly and you're just like Sometimes I just sat back and I was like, God damn it. Like, they're just so good. <laughs> I, I just like, it's the, yeah, the yeah. delivery of certain lines. I actually would sit and think about just like, oh, that's interesting. Like the way that they did. I, I was way too analytical for my own good, but I would think, sit back and think and be like, as the actor, like, oh, the way you're like even stuttering over a line or two on purpose to like get it make it feel more real. Cause obviously we as human beings do not speak eloquently all of the time as i have demonstrated throughout this entire whatever how long it's been 40 minutes i thought you did great steimer thanks um we were contemplating talking about some of the other stuff that we've been playing but i feel like the last of us part two kind of stands on its own just so you guys are aware we will touch on some of those other games next week i have been playing disintegration that copy was provided by private division Brittany, you've been playing something as well, right? Disintegration. Oh, oh, oh good. It. We can talk about our but thoughts. There's no invert option, so I stopped playing. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, there is, though. In the tutorial, they talk about how you can invert your controls. Yeah, it doesn't work. Okay, so, well. okay, just clarify. To clarify, I have been in touch with PR. In the hub, when you can actually walk around, um, the invert doesn't work. And that's not a huge deal. I can get past that. I just wasn't sure if it applied to the rest of the game. Because I got in there and I would flip on the invert controls when it's in third person and it wouldn't do anything. I started getting very dizzy. Mm. So Interesting. That's why. Oh, why would they do that? Yeah, it sounds, they're aware. So they might be okay. implementing a patch to update it. But it sounds like as of right now, the inverted options are only when you're on the graph cycle is my understanding. Ugh. Well, oops. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah. I, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I'm liking parts of the game and I'm not liking parts of the game. And we haven't touched the multiplayer yet because Brittany and I are playing on PlayStation and the PlayStation pool pre pre-releases is very small to say the least. 
uh, PR setup specific PC multiplayer sessions. So if you've seen other people talk about multiplayer in progress reviews, that's probably where they've been playing. So we'll talk about disintegration next week. But for now, we're going to wrap up this segment. And when we come back, we've got our Patreon produced segment. And it should be another fun discussion. And stick with us. We'll see you in a minute. Welcome back. It's the final segment of the What's Good Games podcast. This is our Patreon produced segment at patreon.com slash what's good games. One of the perks is that you guys get to vote on what we talk about once a month. So this is actually for May's Patreon produced segment. We've been having to delay it due to various reasons. So thank you for your patience. But we will get to that topic in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to say thank you to our elite patrons and above. You may have noticed, if you're on Patreon, that we did a little shuffling with some tier names and some tier colors to help accommodate for Discord rewards. So the former Mythic category is now the Elite category, and the category above that is Mythic. It's a whole thing. You can go to Patreon and see the details. But we want to give some shout-outs to some of our friends who are supporting everything we're doing here at What's Good Games. Brittany, why don't you kick us off? Uh, mm, Chewie's godson. Adrian Arak Williams. This is too far away. Al Tribesman. Alberto Andreas Videla. Alex Argopoulos. Alexandre David. Alex Kohler. Andrew Cotton. Ariana Pieta. Bing Zubel. Bill Stilwell. Brian Harper. Brian R. Johnson. Spelt Wrong Brit, otherwise known as Brittany Heath. Captain Redbeard 86. Carl Peterson. Carla Callahan. Chris Wilson. Krister Lindmark. Shai Jackson Burgess. Cody Becker. Daniel Hull. David Olif. Devin Nitz. DK2112. Donato Sanichio III. Dustin Toby. E. Benjamin Checkness. Elizabeth Brooke. El Moshel. Emily Kent. Eric Z. Irma Gerd Arenda. Ferris Gary Peck. Gio Corsi. I bought a hump a lot. Oh my god, I love you so much. That is an Austin Powers reference. I bought a, I bought a hump a lot. Yes. Oh, I'm That's so great. happy I got that. Jake Sue. Jared Howard. Jasmine Lee Sentence. Jason Demich. J. Jeff Phillips. Jessica Bloom. Joe Kennison. Joe Schleif. Joe Wilson. John Drake. Giselle Bassa. Justin Fauchy. Justin Foss. Ken Bulubay. Kenneth Stimmel. Simon. Kibi. Uh, Marco Anteveros. Marcus Ian Brown. Martha Emery. Matthew Goodair. Matthew Simpson. Maz. Melanthius Owens. Michael S. Michaela Sage. Mikey Phillips. Mohammed Mohammed. Male Bittner. Nam Bui. Nathan Watkins. Nicole Humphrey. Noel Navarez. Oni Omereji. Ozzy Mejia. <laughs> Paige Porter. Patrick Higgins. Patrick Landry. Patrick Weller. Pete Shoemaker. Philip Dreher. Pino. Punctified. Pure Blue Octopus. R.J. Bryan. <laughs> Regan Ibsen. Renat Burns. Rob Leonard. Robert Adams. Roland Bala. Sean I. Sean Smith. Sean Stevenson. Stephanie Dupont. Stephanie Fitzwilliam. Tara Bruno. Teresa Enert. The oh, male wow. escort. <laughs> but nail like the post office. The supreme commander of the cyber chihuahua ninja army. Throw seven. Tom Buck. <laughs> Tony Shea. Trent Berry. Trent Pennington. Trevor Starkey. Tyler McCall. Tyler Phillips. Will Cullum. Will Hernandez. Yeson Kaginomai. And Zach Hershey. Kiss. Kiss. 
Uh, thank you so much to all of our league patrons and above. We love that you guys support everything we do. And now, without further ado, Brittany, what is the Patreon topic? The topic is submitted by Noor Hamad. And the topic is... <clears throat> Hello, bits of a weird question. Are there any games or IP you would like to see made by another developer? I'll start. The Order 1886 by Naughty Dog, Assassin's Creed Odyssey by Bioware, or even Telltale's Game of Thrones by Bethesda. Sorry, Noor, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so, obviously, we have thoughts and opinions, but I thought it would be fun to incorporate Patreon a little bit more. So I pulled the question to our patrons, and we got quite a bit of submissions, ladies. Yeah, I do actually think... Um the first one in uh, Noor's suggestion was, was a pretty interesting idea. The Order 1886, mm-hmm. but by Naughty Dog. Because I also really, I thought the Order was a really interesting world and premise. Um, but I also okay, I can't lie. I don't think I, I played more than like an hour or two of that game. Same. Oh, I played the whole thing. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was one of those games that got uh, unfair criticism. I think that. There was expectation that was mismanaged, but Mm -hmm. I think the way that they made that game artistic and what they tried to do and how ambitious it was from Ready at Dawn was phenomenal. I would love to see more. Were there problems with the game? Of course there were. I just thought it was... I thought I liked it a lot more than a lot of other people did. I didn't think it got a fair shake. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, I didn't think it was ever ever like a considered a bad game either. I always felt like it was either a game that was considered good or like had more potential but didn't quite hit the mark that's how i have always seen it yeah um but yeah and i thought it would be interesting if gorilla had a take on zelda because i think Ooh. about the world of horizon zero dawn and granted like breath of the wild has such a big vast spanning world as well but a lot of it's empty a lot of it felt kind of like i mean to me i love like the little puzzles on the side but comparing that to horizons world like that would be really cool and the storytelling they did i love nintendo and i think they're very talented but i think zelda needs a little bit of a personally it needs a little overhaul i know breath of the wild was needs a, a little kick in the in pants itself, but it needs like a little bit more in the story heavy like lean a little into the story lean a little bit into trimming the fat make that that map out half the size just don't feel it was many trees as grill tends to do but I yeah, I I think about the combat that the gorilla developed for Horizon and how phenomenal it was and how really sad Zelda's combat always is because that's not the focus of Zelda. Obviously, you know, you want an RPG to be able to kind of like shoot the gap between marrying those story and progressive elements with combat, but I didn't particularly care for any of the combat in Breath of the Wild. Didn't mean I didn't enjoy that game. Obviously, the game was great for a variety of other reasons. But yeah, I'm with you, Britt. I would be down to see a mashup from from Gorilla and Nintendo in a Breath of the Wild style game. This idea of Assassin's Creed Odyssey by Bioware with better romances is interesting because I think that to me is something that feels like it's Ubisoft is close to where Bioware was going or where Bioware has been with their you know, inter-character relationships. But they didn't really make any of... Ubisoft didn't make any of the side characters in Assassin's Creed Odyssey feel like they had meaning or weight. Obviously, there was the whole fiasco with the DLC character. But in the main game, there was a couple people here and there that, you know, you interacted with that felt like they were there with you throughout the duration of the game, but nothing compared to the way your crewmates felt in in Mass Effect specifically. So, um, 
Yeah, I would be down to see them go more RPG, but that comes at the expense of other items in the game, and I don't know how I feel about that as a diehard Assassin's Creed fan. I think they can uh, get rid of some of the fucking collectible bullshit in the world to make (laughs) that happen. That's fine. Not that those are equal weight items, but... Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my second point, but I'm, I'm with you that they can definitely scale back some of the open world like time fillers for lack yeah. of a better phrase to focus on more meaningful story elements. I would like to see that as well, but who knows if that's mm. going to happen? I would say probably not, but these are all really great suggestions, Nor And Brittany, you pulled some suggestions from our community. I did. We have one here from Martha Emery, which I'm excited to hear your thoughts on. I think destiny by obsidian would be cool. That might mean an engaging story and a cool party of characters to relate to and have dialogue options and relationships with. Plus it would still have really great combat and customization. And then down here, agent 47 said they'd like to see a few games, but the one that stuck out was dragon age also by obsidian. Huh? I think if the destiny thing was done jointly between Bungie and obsidian that might be better um because i don't know that the i mean that i would describe obsidian gun combat is right. great no i will firmly say yeah. obsidian has nothing on Bungie when it comes to gunplay combat and dare i say customization i've been obviously playing a lot of destiny 2 since the reveal stream and since the end of last season was up late last night running some stuff after i was playing disintegration and There is just no substitution for Bungie's combat. It is one of the best in the business. And the customization that they have in Destiny and how meaningful some of the gear and weapons are just, to me, is so well done. And the way that they've made those systems really work together is is better than it's ever been. And while I loved my time in the Outer Worlds, and obviously, you know, people think RPG for Obsidian, there's a bunch of other games that they're known for. I just don't look at it as something that was always standout for me when I think about what Obsidian is kind of known for. They're known, I think, more for storytelling as well. Yeah, so if you just, like, contracted out the writing part to them that might be fine <laughs> yeah and then when it comes to dragon age and obsidian from agent 47 i'm not ready to pass along dragon age i think dragon age inquisition was a very 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 phenomenal good game. Yeah. We did it was game of the game. year yeah we yeah. learned about some crunch issues that were at bio at the time but i'm not ready to pass along dragon age yet i think i think bioware can keep dragon age at this point so I agree yeah all right what else we got we have oh this is interesting Seeing The Legend of Zelda handled by Ubisoft or CD Projekt Red from J- Javin Mather. Mm. Hmm. I don't. I think CDPR is is not a good fit for Zelda. I think that Zelda's charm is something that is uniquely Nintendo, and it works because Nintendo likes to make their games universal, and CDPR does not. CDPR has a point of view, and they have a very strong point of view, which I think also makes their games successful, but it's just a very different philosophy and style of game making to what Nintendo does. And I think it would be a hot nightmare mess. I think it would be weird, but I think Ubisoft, if I actually be interested more in some of the way they've done explorations with really small indie studios or smaller games, like, so like the, um, the child of light and like those kinds of things, having an, a spin on Zelda. So not necessarily like a traditional Zelda game, but mm-hmm. something with that IP I think could be interesting. Um, but yeah. And I think CDPR with see. Zelda CDPR, I feel like there's just not enough to work with the Zelda in terms of story and characters. CDPR couldn't 
maximize their potential with that franchise. And that's, you know, part of the complaints I have with Zelda is they need to, like, get a little deeper with that lore. You know, give us some actual yeah. interesting characters and story, please. And then maybe, maybe we can talk about it. Give us a little something, something. A little something, something. Luke lore. I would love to see Ninja Theory work with the Gears of War franchise. It would also be neat to see what the Coalition could do with an open-world adventure game. I think that I'm down to see what more the coalition could do. I think that we don't really know what the identity of that studio is because they were specifically formed to work on gears of war. And it wasn't like they started as a studio that Microsoft then acquired and they got to work on gears of war and they had a legacy before it's interesting to see what they could do with their experience working on a third person shooter in the style of Gears of War, doing something more open world, I would even be down to see a more open world Gears from the Coalition to see more I mean, from that story. That, but... well, I don't want to have to be on a little sand thing. Yeah. What was that thing that you had yeah, to navigate? Yeah, the, the skiffer or whatever it was oh, called. Yeah. For the, yeah, the sand skiff. Yeah, no it was more like, of that. Oh, God, that was, that was noxious. Um, but yeah, no, I do think that they have a lot of talent at that studio. But as you said, it was, it was like designed for a very specific purpose. So... It could be fun to sort of do, honestly, even what, like, Gorilla did. Like, Gorilla was like, we do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did that for a really long time. And they were like, you know what? Let's just make something else. So, like, it might be cool to be like, all right, Coalition, pull a Gorilla. Just, like, sit and fantasize about what you might, what type of game you might want to make. It doesn't need to be the thing that you've always made. And go do it. And, like, enjoy. Because Unreal Engine 5 looks like it can do some gnarly shit gnarly shit yeah this, absolutely this might be a good one to end on it's pretty interesting this comes from Devin Nitz would love to see an Until Dawn or a strictly narrative choice driven game like the type Supermassive Games develops but done by Naughty Dog Naughty Dog's games are always larger experiences so someday I'd love to see them do a smaller two-ish hour game that's strictly narrative focused with little to no combat done by player action yes I'm here for that there are Mocap is best in class. Their animation is great. They work with fantastic voice actors. They have awesome storytelling. They are teed up to do an Until Dawn like narrative game with success. I am with you, Devin. I think that's a great idea. I would love to see that from them. I'm sure they've got people on their team that would be down for that too. Give those, you know, engineers and combat folks a break for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I love that idea though. I think that that's great. Um, it's interesting looking at developers because you were we were talking about Gorilla and how they transitioned from doing Killzone into Horizon Zero Dawn, and I think about Insomniac as well and how they had such a interesting history as a developer. You know, starting with Ratchet and Clank and then moving into a variety of other titles, both VR and non VR, and then obviously the smash success that was Spider Man and having Resistance under their plate as well. It's like what would be a cool mashup that Insomnia could do with another developer, especially now that they're underneath the Sony Interactive Entertainment label to go like, what mm-hmm. could we, how does Insomnia pair up with somebody else to make something super cool? They work with Sony Santa Monica and they create a game called God Man. Oh, I got and it features Kratos in current day cities where he has to learn how to be the superhero nobody deserves but they need. Wait, what? <laughs> She's essentially pitching a Spider-Man knockoff for God of War. Yeah. I mean, I would be down to see Kratos flinging some webs. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, I think in general, though, like, more than you might think other studios do inspire each other already. Like, there is a lot of, especially if they're in the same vicinity. So, like, an Insomniac 
can easily talk to a naughty dog or can easily talk to a Sony Santa Monica. Um, and I do think that they, they do tend to like share knowledge and share ideas back and forth a little more than you might realize. Um, not to say it wouldn't be, I, I think a full on collaboration would, would feel much differently, but, uh, and still could be pretty cool because insomniac, Oh, I'm still sad that we'll never see another Sunset Overdrive, but that's fine. I know. That game... The game was fun. It like, was, it was really, just kind of yeah. stupid fun. Like, it wasn't... Yeah. Never going to set the world on fire. So I understand, like, leaving that IP to die is fine. But, uh, you know, it was fun. Yeah, the story elements and the overall, like, lore of that game was definitely very weird. You know, like, the soda that... Turns everyone into. I have the promotional <laughs> one that was sent to me from Insomniac on the sh- bookshelf in the back of the studio over there. The that orange fizzy stuff. It's all propaganda. Don't drink soda. <laughs> I it's know. Bad for you. I mean, they're not wrong, but um, but this is it's it's kind of a fun exercise to think about. You know what could be. It's interesting because you know on here Agent Forty Seven also lists Silent Hill, but by Capcom, and I think that that's definitely a mistake. Um, I think that I would much rather have Kojima Productions take the Silent Hill that we thought we were getting and actually continue with it. But it's interesting to look at games that were originally made by one developer that are now being made by another developer because there's several IPs that have done that over the, over time. And mm. have they been successful? Question mark. Some, yes, mm. some, no. Yeah. I'm just thinking kind of meta right now because this is going to be the last segment of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we don't know right now if Horizon Zero Dawn 2 has a sequel or if Capcom has announced Resident Evil 8. Because I'm wondering, depending on what this announcement looks like for Capcom, should Capcom do the next Resident Evil? You know what I mean? In terms Wait, of like what? a new story and <laughs> taking, the, taking the series in a different direction. Because, again, all rumors, all rumors here. But it sounds like it'd be going in a really weird, really weird place. And... I think the concern right now is can Capcom hold on to the momentum of Resident Evil and can they continue to do right by it? Granted, remastering the game is one thing. We saw how successful Resident Evil 2 was. Resident Evil 3 with the remake was kind of like a eh. And Resident Evil 7 was a good step in the right direction. But everyone's kind of concerned that they're going to overdo it. They're like over overcorrecting, Yeah, overcorrecting, whatever. Yeah. And so we're going to see. So I'm just thinking a little meta. My head's like in the future right now. Mm. Well... I'm glad that you brought that up because we are going to end the show um, because we have to start streaming. And thank you for your patience, everybody. I know it was a little confusing because we shot it out of order this week, but we wanted to get as much info in for you guys as possible. Thank you to everybody who wrote in and gave us some suggestions for this topic. Certainly lots to think about, and we could absolutely continue it on our Patreon Q&A, which we were going to be announcing the date and time for in the next couple of days. So stay tuned for that. And thank you to everybody who supports us and participates in our community and helps support everything we do here at the show. For now, we're going to leave you and hope that you had an exciting week filled with lots of PlayStation announcements and that you've got a nice weekend planned ahead. And don't forget, my message from Patreon stays the same. Take a break. It's important for everybody. Bye, everybody.